your butane torches to high and your expectations to low. Coming to you live from Liberty Pool Distillery in Washington, Pennsylvania. Get ready to get your fix. This is the Cigar Junkies Podcast. What's, What's up, junkies? Yeah, it's a that one felt crab. good, man. Fuck Ooh, yeah, that's a, that's mm. definitely uh, going in the the record book. It's amazing for what a little bit of junkies. craft spirits does for everybody's spirits, isn't it? It is. I think oh. some some of it might be my T-shirt. Is that it? It could be. Let's man. go with your T-shirt because I'm teaching the people what the what the expression is He's right on the back. Spreading the junkie love spreading today. Cheer. Just getting it out there for all to hear. Everybody's so cheerful today. <laughs> uh, oh. uh, so we're not going to wait too far to get into it. We'll get into yeah. our how we're at, was our weeks later on. Yeah. Um, but we are hanging out. If you're unfamiliar, this is um, Liberty Pole Distillery in Washington, Pennsylvania, next to the casino off of Racetrack Road. It is a beautiful establishment. Dude, I know. We've got some cool footage. Jason will be able to post on the, the uh, page a little bit later on to show you guys a little bit of the behind-the-scenes tour. Um, but we have... Uh, been blessed to be joined by the wonderful owners of this establishment that invited <laughs> us in here today. We have Jim and Ellen, and uh, man, this place is amazing. Thank you. We we appreciate you guys. Like we're not usually allowed in places this nice. Yeah. <laughs> we we have a tendency to bring down, uh, you know, respectable establishments. Oh, yeah. So. If you're that Yelp did reviews. not happen today. No. That did not happen today. You were such a. You guys are, have been awesome. The whiskey pairings with the cigars have been incredible, and we are deeply humbled by your magnificence. Uh, you can tell they've Junkies. never watched the show yet. Yeah. They don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I keep saying that over and over again, and she hasn't been deterred by it yet. <laughs> but I feel like there's going to be a point where she's going to be like, "Let's just see what we got ourselves into." And be like, oh no! Uh, uh, oh. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> So how, how did this come about, right? Like, this is kind of like a, hey, we're kind of at the end of the work cycle parts of our life, right? Like, you guys got oh to yeah. the point where yeah. you're like, okay, yeah. like, working that daily job's over. Th- this is obviously a labor of love. But, but how did it develop? Wow. Uh, so many stories. Um, <laughs> it, if you look over your shoulder there to the 10-gallon copper pot still, um, I had a... I had a hobby. Uh, I was a distiller on my back back porch. Uh, I think we bought that, Ellen, in yeah. 2006. The boys wanted to buy you a Father's Day present. And yeah, um, yeah. the truth of the matter was I was strongly against it. It is illegal to own a still in the United States, so technically that's just a piece of art. We won't tell anybody. That's all it is. That's yeah. all it is. It's just art. It's just art. It, lo- it looks very legal. The, the, yeah, yeah. the weld quality is uh, just top notch. It's top notch. All yeah. of it. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like it's been touched up by you over the years um, for artistic purposes only. But right, correct, times. Sam. Yeah. That's well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you got to keep it clean. But but the bottom line is, I you know I just had a fun time hobby distilling. I never intended to do anything beyond making some some hooch on my back deck. And, um, you know, it, it just got to the point, and, and you called it, right? It's, it's career 2.0. Um, I, I was nearing the end of a 30-year career in the investment industry, and I hated every minute of it. And I just couldn't imagine putting in my time till I could retire. And, you know, I made some pretty good whiskey. So we sort of, yeah, you did. As, as a family, talked about, well, let's, you know, maybe, maybe this is something that we could – actually do legally and um 
There's such a great history in Washington County for what happened here with the Whiskey Rebellion. So everything that we do, we try to be very authentic because we wanted to honor what happened here because Jim and I had this crazy idea that we could save the world of rye whiskey and bring it back w what had been wiped out in 1920. So it's, it's gone beyond any of what we expected, don't you think, Jim? Absolutely. <laughs> and, and, and that's a, a very good point because your rye whiskey is phenomenal. Thank you. I am not a <laughs> rye whiskey rye. guy. Yeah. There's, there's, I've probably tried only 10 or 15. And there's only really been one rye that I've drank before today that I was like, yeah, I can imagine drinking this all the time. And yours is numbered, the, only the second one I've ever had that I'm like, this could be... Uh, uh, week. I'm not going to say every who, day. I want to get myself in trouble. <laughs> I got I to gotta, I gotta, I gotta call it out. Angel's Envy. Oh, okay. They make a rye? Did it's, a have you had yeah. Yeah. it's a very It's a very pricey rye. I don't, yeah. not, like I don't know why I say, yeah. say very pricey. No, I mean, it's, it's more than their traditional bourbon. It's $100 a bottle. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's expensive <laughs> for a rye. Yeah. Yeah. Can, so. I, I don't know what the prices are the other ones because I've never bought any of them. Oh, yeah. Even that one I stay away from because of price. Well, you know, the dirty little secret about rye is that um, there, there's a factory in Indiana called MGP. They make a fantastic rye. Um, and they, 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 they produce it, and a lot of distilleries will buy it, and they will label it with their label. And so a lot of people that have tried 10 or 15 different ryes and didn't like any of them don't realize that they were all made at the same factory, and it's a 95% rye mash bill. So it's very spicy, very bold. Um, when you say mash bill, uh. it's a recipe. So a mash bill is a recipe for making whiskey, um, and it, it's based on percentages of grains. So to be a rye whiskey, uh, whiskey has to be made with at least 51% rye, and um, and, and then the, the secondary and tertiary grains can be wheat, or, you know, uh, barley, whatever. Um, but but MGP makes a 95% rye. R rye grain is where all that spiciness comes from. So a mash bill that's 95% rye is going to be very bold. It's going to yeah. punch you right in the face. And, and a lot of people think that they don't like ryes because they've tried eight different brands that really were all that 95% rye. Our mash bill is a little different. We're, we're, we're about 74% rye. 13% wheat, and so our rye is a little bit more approachable, I think. So that sounds like uh, if you were to go to an equivalent in the cigar world, right? There are people out there that love, Chichingo is a good example, the punch-you-in-the-face peppery tobacco. Yeah. And there are companies out there like A.J. Fernandez that make lines like Manowar Diesel that are designed to give you just all of that all at the same time, all in your face. Right. And then there are blends that are, this is an ingredient that we want you to taste in a bigger blend, and it maybe might not be so aggressive, and I think that's probably comparable um, to, to how you guys approach it, which I appreciate. Yeah. I appreciate it. No, I, I think that's really cool. So, um, <laughs> we got, it's like a hockey game in this. In Excuse me for a moment. I will not be out <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I gotta ask, when you guys got the legal documents, like the first day, yeah, did the whiskey stop tasting as good? <laughs> like, just was it like it, it? It maybe was a little less fun to make, right? Yeah. Because at that point, it became it's I have pressure. to make it. I have yeah. to make it. I have to make this work. I um, smoke so many less cigars now, yeah, than I ever yeah. did before yeah. because I have to smoke oh, cigars. Yeah. yeah, I have a backlog of like 
So when I opened the shop, I, help I had smoked that. two of every cigar in the in the humidor. I, I every cigar that I had there, I had had at least two of, so I could talk about it. I knew that cigar. Yeah. Well, that that list of ones I haven't had is getting bigger, and you're like, oh, I can't be that bad. Well, dude, when you got how many sizes and shapes and all that a cigar, and they all taste I different. Try them all. Now it's kind of like, all right, it's well, a job. I want to try this, but yeah. I want to try it with a fresh palate. So Tuesday morning, oh, somebody was here on Tuesday morning when I got here, and they wanted a pairing with uh, coffee, and they wanted to talk about it. So we smoked that, and son of a biscuit, like, okay, here we go. Biscuit. Yeah, I, I was trying to be being good, being hafe. Yeah, see, that's what happens here for whiskey tasting. We, um, the boys, when they want to blend barrels or something like that, want us to try something. You're not allowed to drink coffee for breakfast, and you're not allowed to brush your teeth. You have to come in with a real authentic palate True that's not being palate. influenced. So My son it, will be good at that. I enjoy tasting <laughs> the whiskeys, but I miss my coffee sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a pitch for you guys, and if you use it, the only thing I ask is a couple of bottles. The next line. You should call it the Liberty Pole Illegal. <laughs> and then that way, you got any illegal stuff here? You go, yes, I do. <laughs> here you go. It's like everybody asking for Cubans at the shop. Like, hey, man, right. you got Cubans? You got, right. you got any Cubans? <laughs> well, no. Dave Garofalo made a brand called Any Cubans. You got any and, Cubans? And apparently, the customers that asked, do you have any Cubans? Yeah. When he said yes, he'd take them. They were very disappointed. They didn't That's seem to perfect. find it as funny as he did. <laughs> But I think it's that's, hilarious. That is brilliant. Uh, that, and that's oh what you God. get that's, with the illegal. I'm just brilliant. saying. Yeah. Just a couple <laughs> bottles. That's all I ask. Um, so it's an option there for you. No, it, in talking with you guys, it's kind of been fun for me because, like, I didn't realize how much crossover there was between our worlds. Oh, just, I agree. Like, like, I've known a lot of people that like whiskey and cigars, but I didn't realize, like, how much, you know, conception all the way to consumption. These things are similar. I mean, it's a recipe there's time, how much you age it, how much, what you do with the tobacco, how you rotate, all that stuff. It's so similar, completely different, but similar in everything they do. And it just amazes me that they've come together to create, you know, an, a, a time where I can sit down and say, hey, try this cigar with this whiskey because it does this, this, and this. And I basically, I get to hack the recipes of both. You know, uh, sitting with you the other day was just amazing because we sat down and we went through the pairings and you spoke the language I was speaking and all that. And I think that's the beauty of cigars, right? We automatically oh, yeah. speak the language together. Yeah. Cause we're passionate about tasting it's taste stuff. But I also yeah, think we have a great similar client base. The clients, the customers that we have love the craft. They love the art. They're sophisticated enough to understand what we've done. And it's really joyful to sit with you, Sam, and say, okay, this is how we made the whiskey. And you're like, well, this is the cigar. And you describe the layers of flavoring that I'm getting. It's so much more enjoyable. makes my life so much more happier to be around artistic expressions of whiskey or cigars. Uh, that's what it is, and, and actually that's an awesome segue into the point I wanted to make most about this establishment. So if you have the privilege to walk around here, there is something cool at every turn. Yeah. You guys have an observation deck <laughs> with deer mounts <laughs> up there where you can kind of go and overlook everything, which is super cool. And it's not the coolest thing to me. The coolest thing to me is in the actual shop where you could buy bottles because they serve it. Or they, you could buy bottles, which is fantastic. But they have a huge family painting. <laughs> and that is the coolest thing to me, is this old school painting in of their whole family, like in a panoramic <clears throat> painting. And it is 
Like, but we're that sitting there with the whiskey rebels who made Monongahela rye so famous. They're actually dead now, but we have <laughs> people that faked it. <laughs> oh, can I can I tell the story about? Oh you yeah, can say anything so, you want, especially this if it's is where Jim so says Ellen was right. So <laughs> yeah, it is, uh, El- Ellen Ellen had come up with this idea. She wanted the family to come in and the, all the reenactors who do the street theater for the Whiskey Rebellion Festival dressed in period costumes. She said, "We're going to do this portrait, and so we're going to have the Whiskey Rebels on one side." Right. The family on the other side, we're going to be sharing Pennsylvania rye. It's going to unite generations Generation. and time period. Right. And, Very well said, Jim. And, and yes. we were like, this is the dumbest idea <laughs> I've ever heard. And, and it was um, it was like 10 to 1 with Ellen being the only one who Please, thought it was a good just idea. just try it one but time. But <laughs> I will say that, Ellen, what you said about there's something unique in every corner of this, it's all her. <laughs> she she is the force behind the brand, the decorations, the vibe. So she had built enough capital that we said, okay, we owe it to mom. Let's do this. It's only going to cost us a couple hours on a Saturday. Uh, we'll pay a photographer. The worst it can do is we're out a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. It's a splash we, in the bucket for what you put we into saw, this. Place. We saw this final product, and – it was amazing. I mean, she was totally right. It was. It's just such a great portrait, it, it, and it tells so many stories. I think know. I made that decision while I was smoking a cigar, to tell you the yeah. truth. Can yeah. I just, like, <laughs> run over there and look real quick? <laughs> yeah, I'll be dude, right please back. Do, yeah. Please yeah. do. I'm curious. Excuse <laughs> me. You can't, yeah, you can go this way, but no, you can't get in. You need oh, to. Oh, you can get in. You, well, you, gotta, you can't come back. It's all right. <laughs> we don't need him. He runs away all the time. I, I grew up in the Monongahela Valley. And the church I went to is on Whiskey Point. Yeah. Oh. So, so this is this is something that I have grown up with. It's been something that's been taught in our schools and stuff like the Whiskey Rebellion, who Tom the Tinkerer was, oh, yeah. and all kind yeah. of stuff like that. So it was. This was something that has always interested me. And then to come here and see the rich history that you guys have poured into stuff like Monongahela Rye and the Whiskey Rebellion and the, and the history behind all that, it, it absolutely tickles me. If you want me to get sappy, I can tell you, I Ooh. think the people have been the same from day one to, to now. I think it's the same strong Pennsylvania, hardworking personalities, loyal to their neighbors, helping them out. That made the Whiskey Rebellion shape the nation, and I just feel like we have a, we have to honor that. It's not something that you do because you like you like to make whiskey. It's something you do because whiskey and cigars are fabulous together, sure. and this is something that is worth saving. That it, it has know? been that has been something yeah. that has been so mired in the Monongahela Valley with the history and whatnot of the Whiskey Rebellion. And like I said, I absolutely love it. Thank you, and Jim. I mean, thank you. Did you hear him, Jim? Yes, I did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank so, you. I, I, and, and like, you pull up outside, and you're like, oh, this is a nice looking place. But it, it's very much what you would think it would look like from the street. Yeah. It looks like, you know, a lot of the microbreweries and stuff that pop up. And you get in and you go looking around, and you're like, this place is really cool. It's got a really good aesthetic, a really comforting feel. But when I saw that picture, it was something more than that. It felt like legacy. So even though this is like Thank a you. beautiful modern place to come spend an afternoon or an evening um, or to just get away for a little bit, I walk in there and I see that and I feel like, okay, this is the family 
that that came together to make this possible and it's like that instant feel of okay this is something beyond this building that has just gotten put in and 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 again it comes back to the, how cool is it that it was like oh let's get that a father's day present <laughs> and thank god they didn't get you a tie <laughs> <laughs> well so first off the picture is awesome that it really you. is and so mm-hmm. two grandkids two two granddaughters two yep. granddaughters yep okay. yep Awesome. Is it one from each son or is it? Yes, okay. one from each son. They're Sorry. 19 days apart. Wow. The, the kids have always been very competitive. Holy yeah. cow. So <laughs> Who won? His are even yeah. closer. The, the, oldest, Bob, the, the oldest had the first. Nah. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel bad we didn't get a chance to meet him. <laughs> now, you were talking about pulling up here and what you saw when you got here. So I pull up and I'm expecting you guys don't open until one o'clock. So I'm like, all right, we'll pull up. We'll have some time. We'll get, get it set up. We'll chit chat, all that jazz. Oh, no. I get here. There's 50 People there was lined no up at the door spaces, with so. their son outside with a co- uh, pot of coffee and a bottle of the <laughs> bourbon cream walking down the line going, hey, you want coffee? <laughs> to everybody. And I'm like, what is going on? I'm it, like, wait, it I, looked like I, I thought I knew how many people were coming for this. Like, I, I'm usually pretty good at like, okay, here's the Facebook number. I know roughly what the Instagram number. Like, I'm usually within like 15%. I'm like, yeah, I'm wrong. I'm really wrong. And then come to find out you guys had... Uh, Right, so every now and then, one of our, so every barrel tastes different, and we blend them for a regular batch. We'll take the barrels that we um, think are grassy, and we'll blend them with the barrels that are oaky, and, but every now and then you find a perfect barrel, and that's called a single barrel release, and when we find it, we just, we just sell it to, it's not a lot about, a lot of bottles. How many do we have, Jim? Uh, This batch, we had 134 bottles. And so um, I pulled in at 10.30, and there were already six people in line waiting to come. It's It's so much fun. It is good whiskey, but I just really appreciate the support that we get from the community and how much they love the the beauty of Washington County nature. Well, what was cool to me is, so I don't. I don't know what the deal is, all right? I pull up. I'm I'm lost. (laughs) I have her wait over by the cars, and I'm like, all right, let me go track down somebody. And I'm walking up. And I'm looking for you because we've met, but right. I, I, I made sure to like stalk you guys a little bit so I know what you look like. I, I know what Kevin Gray looks beard. like. How come yeah. it's okay when you do it? <laughs> Be- Never mind. He said Different stalk, story. not creep. Stalk. There it is. Fair, fair. Yeah. Oh. Stalking's okay. Jim, creep. you can go. You yeah. can come said, on this show anytime. Yeah. He said he knows you. He knows me. <laughs> so I, I walk up and I see him doing that, and I was like, all right. So I'm like walking down the line, like sidestepping, and everybody who's in line's like. Dude, they got plenty of bottles. You're here early enough. Feel free to get. And everybody's super happy to be waiting in line. I don't know about you. I'm not happy to wait in a line. I not am generally. not. But what's that? In the rain. In, yeah, in the rain. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, what? Everybody was in such a good mood. And I was like, and I thought about it more while we were setting up. Everything about your personalities and your demeanor, you can feel it as soon as you walk in. Your customers emanate it. Like, the positivity, and I don't mean positivity in a bubbly rainbows and unicorn. Like you guys are just not, the, not that there's anything good, wrong with it. Good, <laughs> nice, happy people. It's kind of like walking into your place, Sam. Though ah, I thought that was exactly the same way I felt. Well, that makes me so happy, like that. Yeah. And I just I really appreciate what you guys have built and the community that you guys have built. You know, especially as a guy that grew up right there. You know. <laughs> oh, wow. This would have been nice. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> anything <laughs> like it, it would have been. You know granted 30 years ago but like it would have been nice so ah uh, but no uh, thank you guys thank you it was it was weird man because you pull up and you go like are these 
are they giving something away today? Right. Is it free <laughs> bourbon day? Like, oh. there's one thing to have a line at your door. It's another thing to have a line at your door for people waiting to give you your their money. <laughs> like, that's impressive. It yeah. really is. It's an honor. Right. Yeah, it's, it's an honor. And, and you know, the, the the whiskey community and and kind of the whiskey movement right now is just a beautiful thing. And, and people seek out um, unique um, whiskeys and, and single barrels fit that bill to a T, right? Yeah. Every barrel that we release is different. Um, and, and you can only get it once. You know, we'll do a single barrel next month. Even if it's bourbon, it will be different than the single barrel we released today. Right. And I think that uniqueness really drives the, the, the line and the demand that people want to experience that. Yeah. Now, I, so... We had kind of briefly talked about when you were at the shop. I'm going to blindside you with this. Um, That's typical. So <laughs> I've had a couple people at the shop ask me about it already, and I think I have enough people to do it. But we were thinking about coming and trying to do a barrel pick. Is that the correct uh, terminology from it? Yes. Yep. So, yep. you know, trying to get a group together for that um, and then possibly doing one for the junkies, which, again, this is the blindsiding him part, have not even... I'm just happy to be involved in the conversation because um, it's usually this is what I'm doing at just the tip. And I'm like, I like doing stuff too, <laughs> Sam. <laughs> but so what's it take to arrange that? Like how many bottles are you looking at? What's what's the process like? So so, so our art and we are very much in, in the infancy of our single barrel program. We've done a few. Um, we're going to do more as our barrels mature. But the process I- is basically um, – you will get a group of three, four, five people. Um, you'll come in. We'll tour the barrel house. We'll actually, if, if you tell us what you're interested in, if you want a bourbon, if you want a rye, if you want a peated bourbon, we'll, we'll find four or five barrels that are what you're looking for. We'll thief samples. So that's the, if they pull, just pull reach it out, you're making right, it fun with right. that illegal talk yes. again. See, that's where it's, it's, it's a good time. But now. it'll be our best barrels, It'll right, be our Jim? best barrels, yeah. good barrels, Thank mature you. barrels. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll go up to our little private room, and um, we'll, we'll let your group sample the different barrels. Um, if you find a barrel that you can all agree on, then we'll mark that as the Cigar Junkies barrel or, or just the tip barrel. Um, we'll bottle it for you, and then you will... You will have people that will want to buy those bottles from you. Uh, generally, a 53-gallon barrel, it will yield anywhere from typically 180 to 220 bottles. The barrel we did today was a little short. It had some, some evaporative loss. We only had 134 bottles out of this barrel. Um, so barrels are, you, you never know what you're going to get. I want one of those ones. I'm a little short myself. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, sorry, you, you saying that made me think. What is the difference between the devil's cut and the angel share? Oh, so, good question. A- angel share is is a is just the evaporative loss, right? So, as whiskey sits in that barrel for year after year, uh, it evaporates, and, and the, those vapors escape the barrel, and they end up in the rickhouse rafters, and that's where the angels sit, and nice. and that's their share, right? They are guarding our whiskey. They get to enjoy the evaporative vapors that escape the barrel. Both of our dads yes. are there. Yeah, both yeah. of our dads yeah. are there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. The Devil's one, Cut is... One of them with a cigar. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Devil's Cut is a, is, it's, it's a marketing term that I think it's Jim Beam <laughs> came up with. Um, 
So what, what they good, do? It's a good. I love the embrace thing. of it. Like, yeah, that's that's marketing. So that's when <laughs> when you dump a barrel, so we dump barrels all the time. There's usually a little bit left in the barrel, and and there's soaked not only into the wood, soaked into the wood, but mm-hmm. also just kind of laying around that you can't get out. So what what I I think it's Jim Beam. What they do is they will add some water, some RO water, and they have a they have a, a, a like a vibrating whatever shaker, yeah, shaker. Yeah. that they will put that barrel with Calm a down. little bit of RO water on this vibrator. S- sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you all right over there? Corey's sweating now, guys. <laughs> He's sorry. All sorry I didn't, didn't mean to use the word vibrator. <laughs> they, they, they will put it on this vibrating <laughs> unit and they will shake it violently. And so they are drawing out as much of the whiskey that's in that wood as possible. And then they dump that out and they, they proofed on the whiskey with it. Yeah. So, so that's the devil's cut. Oh, that's, that's really cool and unique. Um, so is there any more like that kind of terminology? Because those are the two I've heard. But like, are there any non-marketing versions of that that are good examples of what you guys do? Like thiefing a barrel, angel share. What, what's, the, what's the lingo? Oh, the, the best one is, um, and we always get this out of I like of how way. he looks at me immediately. It's going to be good. <laughs> yeah, the best one. Are, do we have an explicit label on this? Yeah, we all work anything all right, you want. Good, all right, good. YouTube asks you, is this made for children? I yeah. hit no every time. <laughs> So, so the and this is this is we always get this out of the way early to get everybody's eighth grade humor out of the way. But a barrel, right? It, it has an opening which is called a bung. Yeah, right. <laughs> I like where and, we're and, headed. Uh, uh, actually, the the stopper that goes into the barrel is the bung, <laughs> and it goes into the bung hole. Yes, it right? does. So, <laughs> so, so that's kind of the the. You know the the juvenile humor in, in, a, in a distillery. Every time we use the term "devil's cut" and it's in the wood, I just get an image immediately in my mind of Jason Barney Gumbo style trying to suck the alcohol out of the barrel, <laughs> just his feet flailing out I, of the. You top. know what? I can actually picture that yeah. pretty efficiently. That the, you can just hear the beard scratching at the inside of the barrel That's occasionally. Right. Oh. Hey, Alan. So. <laughs> because you are um, smoking something a little different than us, I was going to ask you, go ahead and try this, because this is the one of our pairings you haven't tried yet. Well, that was the one you were telling me about. This is the one I was the most excited about, so I, I don't like know what you're drinking you right now. I like the way you do the V-cut. I'm drinking peated, which is my favorite. Okay. Well, once you move on from that, let's no. do this with the weeded. Okay. Sorry, I wanted to give her oh, some time. Oh, you want me to pair this with the weeded bourbon? Well, I did. So what you're telling me here is that I have this beautiful striped cigar in my hand. They refer to that as a barber pole. And so barber pole, barber pole, a barber pole. It looks exactly like it. So, Jim, uh, remind me of the mash bill of the bourbon again. Weeded bourbon is 72 (gasps) percent corn, 18 percent wheat and 10 percent malted barley. So why am I pairing this barber pole? Why? Why do you think this is so good? So I'm going to kind of we're not really doing uh for anybody listening, we're not really doing a breakdown of the cigars this week because if you haven't noticed, we're all smoking different stuff. Sam, stops. what's the cigar of the week? These so three? How do I do yeah, that? But how Sam, do I put that in the notes? You have made my whiskey taste so much better with these cigars yes. that I have to And that's the whiskey that you guys made, so that's the fun part. <laughs> Star sticker for Sam. So that actually has three wrappers on it, uh, hence the three blends. But what's cool is it's not just three wrappers. There's three wrappers, there's two binders, and there's... I can't even remember the amount of fillers in it. It is just a pure amalgamation of tobaccos. Mm. 
that they have put together. Sam Lassie is the blender on that. And Sam. Yep. He's it just his taste palette is just something to be envied. The guy knows tobacco so well and all that. Um yeah, sorry. And the, one of the motivations to that, the three uh, blends, is the Three Rivers of Pittsburgh. So it's actually Beautiful. a representation of that. So the yeah. owner of Veritas Cigars is from Pittsburgh. He has that, and he has the 412 that are both Pittsburgh homage. We uh, know cigars. Sam, don't we, Jim? Well, Sam uh, doesn't own <laughs> this. Is Sam. Sam. Oh. Sam doesn't own that that oh. cigar company, but he did work with them on that cigar. Um, wow, there's the a wow, there is a lovely almost corn grain finish on the end of this cigar now i'm going to take this so what what's good about this is there's a lot of a lot of corn in here but the wheat that um you guys have added it's makes it soft it's like white bread whatever you put on top of white bread wheat bread it tastes better so i'm just saying right now that um i think this is an amazing pairing wow so the reason that i chose that cigar is the hayseed in the barnyard that comes from that cigar with the because you get a lot of, like, cocoa notes and deep wood notes out of the Maduro wrapper that he put on there. And, you you know, all the... Di- I can't remember the cocoa whole Cocoa at the that. beginning, right? Yep. But then... But then you get that hayseed finish on it. And Damn, I, this the, is w- good. The way I've been describing it to your customers that have been coming over for the pairings is everything that's great about whiskey, the first thought you almost everybody has is caramel vanilla, right? I mean, that's the first two notes on... Almost any bourbon. On caramel nice vanilla. Bourbon. Caramel vanilla. Yep. I love yep, that yep. cigar because it takes the caramel and the vanilla and it sticks them at the bottom and it brings up all the grass notes and all the natural notes to it. So that's why I chose that pairing because you already have a great whiskey. Let's see what it tastes like if I change it just a little bit. And that that's the reason for the pairing on that one. My focus on, on whiskey is it has to be a fin. There has to be a finish. And um, that means we're putting a little bit more tails in, right, Jim? Um, we're putting in a little bit more... Um, of the longer fuse like yeah, it's too much science. But bottom line is, <laughs> when you dude, when I'm, I'm gonna interrupt you to say that is the coolest thing. Whenever I brought in a beverage, was like, well, let's mix this together. She's like, can I have one that we can take to the lab? I'm like, that is so cool. <laughs> no, dude, oh, I'm sorry. I, I'm, go ahead, finish your statement. Well, then I got to th- tell you about Monday. Uh, but let's the go. only thing I was gonna say is, I if if the whiskey doesn't have a long finish, it isn't worth drinking. I'll just drink a beer. So I love the long finish, meaning that I feel it in my throat and my mouth long after I've finished. This cigar is the same darn way. There's a different taste at the very beginning, and then there's like so many core notes. Yeah, the cocoa, but the the notes of that barnyard are just magnificent. Yeah. So now this is prolonging the whiskey. The whiskey is prolonging the taste of the cigar. They're Magic. Com- they're competing and complimenting at the same time, which I really enjoy that about you it. You nailed it. You nailed so you, it. You were talking about that, the yeah. lab thing. So she was at the shop mm. on Monday. She brought a couple whiskeys with her. We're sharing it. We're talking. And I believe it was Calvin that had asked you about, um, yeah. you know, uh, malting. I think he That's asked cool, about malting. Right, yeah. Bro, she reverted. She went all <laughs> the way back to I'm an engineer. And she started spouting <laughs> off words that we don't use she's fusel and uh, uh, long chain this and that and explaining the breakdown of the chains to create the shirt and i'm like i both simultaneously love this and feel like an absolute idiot at the same time this is amazing it is it is like when you're already drinking it's easy to feel stupid but when she starts talking the science behind it i'm like oh i'm i'm real dumb i think you have to know the science i think you have to know your cigars too if you're gonna have quality (laughs) 
Chichingo. Let's go. Because I actually just read something at Cigar Aficionado, and I didn't understand what it meant. You've been talking about it now. Chichingo says he read something in Cigar Aficionado, yeah, didn't understand what it meant. Barley. Somebody says they still did the floor malting. What exactly is malting What is barley? malting barley? <laughs> I see Jim getting ready like, <sighs> yeah, let's go. It's my I time to shine, this one. baby. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I can handle this one. So I'll just enjoy my cigar. <laughs> so malting, malt, you can malt any grain. Um, barley is the, the grain that is most commonly malted. Malting basically means that you are germinating that grain. So floor malting is you get a bunch of unmalted barley, raw barley from the harvest. You lay it on a floor. You keep it warm and moist, and it eventually is going to germinate. And when that germination happens, a chemical reaction takes place in that seed that produces enzymes that convert starch to sugar. Sugar is the, is the food that feeds the growing plant, but it's also that enzyme is what we need to create the sugar that the yeast consume to create alcohol and fermentation. So malting a barley is germinating it and drying it and then we use that malted barley to convert our unmalted grains like corn and wheat, convert the starches to sugar, and that's what produces the alcohol that we distill. You just illustrated the reason that you were able to do all this <laughs> is because you guys both like know what you're talking about. They're like, this is the difference between the still down in the woods where the cops won't see it. And being like, nah, let's start this huge well, giant right. production. That was the Corey and Sam version. I'm telling you, what she said the other day <laughs> was the long oh, chain There's version. Like well, he broke it down, it was already super. You left by out time the floor malting, which is really hard work. They just throw the seed on the floor and spray it with water and rake and they it every rake day. It, they turn it over. They keep it from like, molding. Yeah. It's, it's similar to, to tobacco because they sure. do the same thing, right, turn, right. turning the polones. Right, right. But I'd most malters don't do that anymore. They do it. Chemical or um, in yeah. trays and factories, and I think floor malting is super cool. The dirt, t the dirt is where the taste is, man. Well, the dirt comes from once you once you've germinated that seed, you have to stop it so you can ship it to us who are making it, and they stop it by heating it, and they use different ways of heating it. Most you know, most American Canadian malts are are dried in a kiln that's heated with natural gas. But in Scotland, um, historically, they did not have natural gas. They didn't have a lot of hardwood out, out there, but they had a, a ton of peat, peat bogs. Hell yeah. So they no, would no, dig no, up no, bricks no. of peat, and they would use that to fire their kilns to dry the malt. Um, and, and peat is very smoky. It's an organic, um, you know, it's a wet uh, fuel. So the smoke would just get into this grain as they were drying it, and it made it all the way through the whiskey making process. Like that's there's other there's other smoking. We've tried cherry smoking, right, mesquite. We've, we've done mesquite. It's not yeah. as strong as peat. Well, that, yeah, you were mentioning that to us. Like you don't know why nobody Wait. can really answer why nobody. peat stays in the in the taste where everything else kind of fades out a little bit. Um, I, I think it was Monday you were talking. Yeah, about and that. I was yeah. saying that I heard a 
one of the guys explaining it said it's because God wanted us to have a good whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, the older that's as good a reason just, as just any. cutting off yeah. for one second. Look at the security behind these guys. Like <laughs> y'all look like. like the junkies mafia right now behind <laughs> them. Like the black shirts, you know, the glasses. Yours are dark down on screen. We do have one of the enforcers. <laughs> yeah, on the like end there. y'all look like y'all about to take somebody out. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Come mess with Ellen, I, I swear. Yep, so, yep, yep. I, I These was are my say, guys. <laughs> if, if you want a if you want a more folky uh, description of how it's done, a band from the '60s called Traffic covered a song called John Barleycorn, which is really good. Huh. All right then. With his random with music that? knowledge, Wait yeah, a that's right. I know that song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they they sing oh, about the the, Jason the process of the whiskey. To to that. Okay. Yeah, that's my era. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm gonna jump out real yeah, quick and I give uh, Kevin a chance to see my, if he wants to come sit down with you. Yeah, y'all. go for it. So my vibe, you can ask Sam. I always have to make a pitch for a T-shirt. I that I, I get these ideas in my head. Have you ever seen the T-shirts that say? It was made popular by Game of Thrones. That's what I do. I drink and I know oh things. Oh, yeah. I drink yeah. and I know <laughs> things, yeah. I think we need junkie T-shirts where they say, that's what I do. I get drunk and do science. <laughs> because that's essentially, oh, I drink and I do. I don't want to say drunk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you guys are a, a level of intelligence, even drunk probably beyond <laughs> the average consumer. But we don't get drunk because our livers have been doing push-ups right. for the last... <laughs> They're pickled. Years. They're yeah. pickled. Oh, yeah. for God's yeah. sake! Put that liver aside. Here comes at the, the end. kid. All right. <laughs> so I heard uh, mom and dad were talking uh, lies, possibly. Oh, <laughs> talking smack on Robin eyes. Oh, <laughs> damn. Um, this is why you got to bring the ginger, and they always they always stir the pot. There's always something. This is my youngest son, yeah. Kevin. What's he up, was Kevin? he's the Welcome one who the can show, always yeah. convince mom of anything. And so we opened the distillery and uh, we get this phone call. Kevin was working in Houston as an electromechanical engineer and his brother was working as a mechanical engineer and they call us up one day and they say you guys need to have dinner with us. And immediately I thought they were going to tell us why did you spend all of our inheritance on a distillery. <laughs> and yet, Kevin that night, he is an amazing kid. He sat there. Th- he's convinced me of everything. And he sits there and he says, we all have different talents. Why are we not a family distilling? Kevin, did you think my response was effective that night? Well, we're here now, so <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that Do was effective or I not said? effective. Yeah. <laughs> I said no. <laughs> no, because whiskey has to, you make it and then you put it in barrels and you have nothing to sell. It takes a long time, and we kept telling them, no, don't give up your good careers. Do you have any regrets, Kevin? Not a, not a single one. Uh, okay, yeah. so so I got a, a couple of segues here. How old are you, Kevin? Uh, 30, 31. Okay, okay. Mm. Was Hill's Department Store still a thing whenever no. he was a kid? I do not recall that. No. <laughs> no. So I got to ask, because, because you, it strikes a very similar pathology of mine where when I was a child, We'd go through the toy section of the department store while mom was look at, looking at clothes. Yep. And then mom would come to get me. I'd be in the, the toy section. And I'd have the pitch for, like, why this is the only toy I've ever wanted. And you don't have to buy me anything for Christmas or my birthday. Is that Kevin? Uh, yes. It, I, <laughs> I felt like we were vibing there. <laughs> as soon as you said the sales pitch, like, when I was a kid, like I'd watch... 
there was nothing good on TV when we were kids, right? Like, <laughs> if you were in the day, they, they, depending on what you had access to, okay? Right. So right. I'd sit at my grandma's house, turn on whatever was on the TV, and then eventually I'd come into the kitchen where my grandma was inevitably preparing dinner and tell her why she needed to buy OxyClean. <laughs> <laughs> Convincing too, you were. Uh, oh, I'd, be, I'd be like, "Hey, man, this product's incredible! Like, yeah. did you know that it'll take out blood stains? Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I, I feel I feel some camaraderie in that vein. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, we also joked too that they started the distillery, so because we were unemployable and needed, <laughs> uh, needed a job. So that's good. <laughs> See, then now she asked the question of like, or did did you just blow our inheritance on a distillery? It's like. Man, if you were gonna spend it on anything, booze is a good. Is, that's yeah. a that's a that's yeah. a good inheritance no, right we, there, man. We like, feel very lucky about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but I, I do feel the need to jump in here yeah. and Please say do. that that without Rob and Kevin, yeah, um, totally, we agree. we wouldn't be where we are. Those guys, they, you know, I, I I'm an old guy. I can't, you know, I can't move the heavy things that we need to do in a distillery. And Rob and Kevin have been here. Pretty much since day one, and they they do all the distilling now, and and they've got amazing palates, and they're smart as can be, and and um, God bless them, and clearly very intelligent yeah, genes. They, all they the are, engineers yeah, in your family, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we're thankful for mom yeah. and dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah but we're thankful for Kevin. I th- just think he is an amazing kid, and I'm very blessed to work with him every day. How do the you like these cigars? So I was going to say, should we rip on Rob? <laughs> <laughs> He's not here. <laughs> so I was going to ask. Yeah. Rob's not here. How do, how do we Which feel about the other Which is pretty typical for Rob. <laughs> yeah. Rob's busy on Sunday. Wow. But <laughs> well, that's, so that's important, though. Like, that's probably a really big reason you guys have a line at the door before you're opening, right? Like, there's a million choices in the cigar world. A million of them. I stay away from certain ones just because I know they're owned by a corporation. Right. I would rather buy a product from somebody whose face I can see and know the company belongs to this guy and is going to his kids or the kids are currently working or they're three generation. Um, that, that's a big deal, man. Like in a world with all of these huge companies that own everything – and the well, American dream getting yeah. harder and harder to build something for yourself. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you rather give your money to it, something that you know is owned by a family like yours, you know, that's being passed down and shared? And, and that's 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 really cool. If you walk into any spirit store, liquor store, and you walk down the whiskey aisle, even though there are multiple labels and brands, most of those are owned by, what is it, Kev, seven international um, conglomerates um, in, uh, and and they're, none of them are based in America I mean the, they're all foreign companies most of them or most boards of directors most. right yeah. like yeah. Um, like faceless yeah and, yeah. and, and that's the cigar world yeah. Cohiba Monte Cristo La Gloria Cubana right. um, Aroma de Cuba like all these big popular companies that everyone's like, oh, I know that name. That's that's you know got the history behind it. Yeah, it did. And then some big company bought it and started making it with the cheapest products and uh, ingredients that they could get their hands on. And those are cigars that I just have no interest in smoking. And you know, I, d- like I I do think that the family environment that we foster here really resonates with people i mean i think people are, are a lot like you and that they want to they want to support local they want to support 
you know, a, a craft business that's family owned. And, you know, if you come in here anytime we're open, there, there will be a huff here um, talking to you. And, and I think, you know, the, I think people really find that refreshing. I yeah. think the best way to measure your success as parents, and I think my wife's family has done an incredible job, which is not to say anything of my own, but I think the, the best measure of your success as parents is they go away, right, when they're teenagers. They have to separate and go out on their own and become their own people. But if they come back to you and they want to spend time with you after they've had a little bit of time in the world and, and, and just go, no, man, like, I want to go hang out with my family. We're going to party together. We're going to do things together and have activities together. Like, t for them to come back and be like, hey, let's do this together. That is, I think, the best success that you can have. Screw financials, screw company success. Like, the fact that your kids were like, no, we want to come back and do this with you. This seems fun, and we believe in it. I, I think that's the highest praise that you can get from anybody, really. Well, can what? I have any comment? I was going to say, what if I say I'm tired <laughs> of hanging out with mom and dad now? <laughs> <laughs> oh, just, you were out of money? <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't find a job. <laughs> uh, Seemed easier to ask for a job than an allowance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you're, you're totally right. And especially Rob and I both just had uh, our first babies. And, uh, and so now mom and dad are grandparents. and and. Uh, yeah, free babysitters and the the <laughs> girls come in and and uh, and they help make whiskey too now too. So it's uh it is it's the biggest honor we could ever have. That's and so cool. Yeah, the, the cabin, the kids here. Aww. That's so cool. My it's kids awesome. love coming in the shop, and it's only rare occasions when there's nobody there that I let them come in. Yep. But man, that I can only imagine like here is really just gotta be a giant playground so there's a little um Get out of how old still. are they now <laughs> uh about a year oh no. yeah no <laughs> it gets better it gets yeah yeah there's a um there's a little like baby there's a little mini uh chair that the the girls sit on and it kind of looks like the commander's chair <laughs> uh, as they overlook the uh distillation process it's cool so as soon no. as they can walk we're giving them a broom yeah, <laughs> <laughs> put him to work. Well played, there, Grandpa. Yeah, well played. Yeah. Yeah. But, but like that's good too, because work ethic's going to be ingrained from the beginning too. Absolutely. Like you hear about, and that's another like interesting parallel. Like whenever you talk to a second generation cigar maker, you know, you always hear no. Like I was in the factory since I was a kid, and like yeah. I had to do every job. Yep. My dad made me push a broom. Before I could touch tobacco, I had to turn the polones. I had to go do all the hard work um, and build my way up. And, like, how great is it that, um, you know, hopefully Liberty Pole becomes a generational legacy that, that those kids are going to have the option one day to say, yeah, no, like, let's, let's keep doing what our family started. That, that's an awesome thing to pass down. And, and, you know, if somebody takes a swim in some bourbon, you know. Yeah. Things happen. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. No, I think it's a that's a really cool goal, and God willing, we'll be lucky enough to have that. Have that. I think uh, we just keep trying to make good whiskey and give people really good whiskey experiences, and I think that stuff comes. So this is going to be a little tricky because we're kind of all over the place, but we are kind of s smoking a lot of similar cigars. Why don't we go ahead and play a bump for Sam on the Cigar of the Week, and then he can tell us what options are out here. 
It's time for the Cigar of the Week, brought to you by Just the Tip Cigars. Are you looking for the best selection of boutique cigars? Do you want the tried and true legacy brands that are synonymous with the cigar lifestyle? Do you want luxurious cutters, lighters, and other accessories? Do you want to relax in the most comfortable cigar lounge in the Berg? Then you want Just the Tip Cigars. Conveniently located in the Bavarian Village Shopping Center in South Park, Pennsylvania, Just a Tip Cigars has been tailor-built to your smoking needs. Whether you visit in person or on the web at justatipcigars.com, when it comes to cigars, Just a Tip is the whole package. So I have to say, no matter where I've, I've worked ever, we've always had industrial equipment, we've always had super sacks, and the shaker has always gone off at the wrong damn moment, <laughs> no matter what. Did, did I read that correctly? Was that a shaker I heard? That was a pressure relief on the uh, on the air compressor. I can't get through this. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was going to say, yeah. it sounded like a shaker for me. Yeah. I was like, man, that's, that's going down. Uh, so as far as the cigars go, we have a vast variety of cigars that we're going with. So... I think uh, we're mostly smoking the barber pole, which you've I, talked I, about a little bit. I kind of pushed that one uh, through just because it's <clears> such <throat> a unique cigar. Um, also, uh, Jim, you have the Lucid Interval, which is a Candela over top of San Andreas Maduro. So that goes really well with your rye. Um, I believe, it, were you drinking the rye with that? Yes. Okay. And yes. So the reason I liked that with the rye for me personally was you get so many grass notes out of it that the caramel, the vanilla, the classic bourbon notes that are there, or rye, whiskey notes that are there, mm-hmm. along with that candela, I feel like you actually taste rye, like the rye seeds on your toast more when you have that cigar involved than you normally would. I kind of just, I chose that to accent it and to increase what I thought you were going for. How'd I do? Perfect. Yeah? Perfect. <laughs> Fantastic. And, and you said you're not a big cigar I'm guy. Not, uh, yeah, I, I am I am probably the the the... How do I want to phrase this? The the least cigar smoking hop. <laughs> so. Fair enough. I, Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We could do something about yeah, that. Yeah, we got two in them in one day. Um, and then uh, the other option that I had was the Neanderthal with the peated. Uh, admittedly, that was not that pairing wasn't done to the quality I would have liked because I haven't had it in a couple of years, and I went off memory on that one. We talked about it. I gave it to you to try. Um, I don't think, uh, honestly, Sam, I thought that was excellent with the peated. I, I can't believe you, you're, you're second guessing that. The, there's, a, there's a couple cigars out there that next time we have the opportunity I'm going to give you that I think are going to be more appropriate to it. They're going to give you, because that broadleaf on the Neanderthal has a, a very full body sweetness to it. Um, it's got a very full body sweetness to it that I feel like some of the other Maduros that I have in my repertoire are going to actually help step it up. Plus, there is uh, one or two Connecticut's I have that are very creamy but full body that are going to work in contrast with it. But I think they're strong enough to hold up. So I'm curious, one, once I start playing with it. What are you looking for when you're pairing this? Because, um, like I said, I love a scotch where I lick the back of a fireplace. Yeah. Um, what are you looking that for? That is the coolest description <laughs> I've ever Right? Can somebody write that down? <laughs> so w- when I... So I, I do three pairings for anything that I do in my head. I do a contrast, a compliment, and a, all right, I think it'll be good. Like, I don't know how else to describe it. It's just I think these will taste good together. Like orange and chocolate. You would never think they would complement contrast 
or you know go together, but orange and chocolate go together well. Pineapple and jalapeno. There's oh. cer- there's certain <laughs> right. There's certain things that just work even though they don't make sense. So I always try and leave that option open when I'm pairing something. So as soon as I tasted the weeded, that cigar, that three blends came to mind. That was an easy one for me. I knocked it out. Mm-hmm. With some of the other ones, I look. I prefer contrast pairings. I like sweet and spicy. I like salty and sweet. Like I like contrasting things working together to make both things stronger in their own ways. Um, so I tend towards contrast. With the weeded and the rye, I wanted to go more along the lines of complementary to kind of take what I liked about those whiskeys and make it so I taste that note more. So I love grass and hayseed. You and I have in common. We both oh, like totally. candela. Yeah. You know that's like the least favorite of like cigar candelas are the everybody dislikes oh. candelas. Oh. It, it really like I don't know how to put it. It's not popular, but I love them. Yeah. You love them. So it was like I all right. I thought President Kennedy smoked them. Candela. Mm. I don't know. And, and that's the last time, and that was the last time Candela's were popular was in the 60s. The thing that cigar companies like about Candela is you don't age them. I was going to say, so they're cheaper. Yeah. cheap. It's, yeah, oh, yeah, the turnover's yeah. a lot faster. Yep, yep, yep. If it's done well, they could be really great. But the problem is you're going to have a lot of burn problems most of the time because it's a wetter tobacco, right? It's, it's not fermented as long. Um, wow, well, I got to get better. It, I got to know cigars better because... <laughs> I didn't have Wait, any whoa. trouble with the candela that Sam gave me. It was fabulous. The, and, no, 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 no. You don't right have now. to get better because if you were to go back through our catalog of shows and listen, <laughs> the thing that matters is what you like. Yeah. That is the only thing that matters. That's there what we say about whiskey. Like, Same yeah. with whiskey. We say that There's about whiskey. cigars you like and cigars you don't. That is it. Yeah. And, and that's for everybody. You know what I mean? Hopefully... You can learn a little bit more and improve your experience with them, but there, there's the ones you like and the ones that you don't, and don't let anybody ever yeah. lead you to believe that that what you like is wrong because it's it's subjective. It is what you like, not what everybody else likes. It's what you like, and and to the point of the pairing that you were making with Sam on the uh, the, an- the Neander- Neanderthal Neanderthal um, Roma Craft. The nice thing about them is they use generally pretty strong flavors in their cigars and that's you, not you to be confused with strength. high nicotine or strength no Good, just they flavor. Use all bold flavors so mm-hmm. your cigar is not going to get lost in a strong drink so if you have a strong beverage and a strong drink you're not going to lose one and the other they're going to hold up stand up to each other even whether they're complementary whether they're um you know Contrast. opposites but the, the important thing is that you're going to get something out of both of the experiences. So back to you, I want to derail. Yeah, so that's why I'd kind of gone along those those roads with the picks that I made. Um, the best part about pairing stuff, though, like my favorite thing is no matter what, there's always one better. Like, there's so always... I have to bring over another bottle of peat. It is what you're saying. To just the tip, and we'll sit around and smoke okay, some we'll cigars. We'll just have to work through the whole humidor together and it's get that exactly perfect. It's called research, Sam. Exactly. That's right. Yeah, that sounds tax deductible. I feel like we can get AF. volunteers to help us too. I would love it. Yeah, I feel, yeah. I, I see hands tax going up. And fun. Kevin, will you join us? Absolutely. Are you disappointed um, in your mother? Not at all. Okay, good. I'm, <laughs> I'm proud so of my mother, Jim. I I, I invited Tear. them. I said, uh, on the extraordinarily 
minute chance that it ever happens. I'd love to get the four of you guys together, come to the shop. We'll take the back room of the shop, and just the four of us will sit down, and we'll smoke a couple cigars with a couple things. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on exactly the discussion we're having and then let you guys kind of pick my brain, and we can work back and forth because I feel like it'd be a great way for us to kind of be like, all right, what happens if dot, dot, dot? Because you guys are going to have a completely fresh perspective, especially you not being big into cigars. Right. You're going to have a really unique perspective because I get to reach out to a ton of uh, I get to reach out to a ton of really experienced people all the time who unfortunately are set in their ways. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's I, go. Yeah, let's, let's go. Do. I can't yeah. wait. Right. Count me in. <laughs> Kevin's yeah. in. Kevin's He's like, in. Huff, stay out. Huff, stay <laughs> out. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> they said they have grandkids. <laughs> They're grandkids. Grace, Hannah, like get on the still. Hannah, on the only episodes baby. of The Simpsons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I would. I honestly, I, I would love to just walk around behind you guys and just watch for a day. Like I would. I would not ecstatic. let them walk behind you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sam, yeah, whenever, keep whenever keep you want to come around in. us, yeah, we, yeah. We, you are yeah. more than welcome. And I'm not talking like the fun stuff, like the crappy part of it. That's the stuff. Like I'm, look, I worked in chemical plants and oil field for the last couple. Of years. You're not scared me here. <laughs> call, call me for the fun stuff. I <laughs> this like fun. Is, I've seen all these things before, but they've yeah. always been covered in you know three to four inches of resin and yeah. glue and nasty yeah. and been yep. 1800 yep. degrees. So yep. this is like a pretty version of. The horrors of my life. Well, that's a, disti- distilling is ninety-five percent cleaning. That's mm. what that's what we do for for. <laughs> Don't tell my wife. The but majority I'll grab a of the day. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh <laughs> no! <laughs> You're not part of the wife. Uh, I, uh, you two quit bonding over there. We got sister rods happening. Nation. I love all the girl cigar smokers. Oh yeah, I we do. all do. You <laughs> <laughs> said that was so much passion. Well, I was thinking yeah. real hard about should I say, can we all agree that the best pair, and I'll leave it to your imagination. <laughs> but the important thing is, guys, what's cool about this place, what's cool about these people is the family element to it. And our family element is everybody listening at home. The Cigar Junkies podcast is a community when we started it, that was the primary idea that we had in mind. Your participation is mandated. If you're listening to this, give us a shout. Jump in on the Facebook group. Leave a comment. Like, subscribe, share. Tell somebody about the show if you think what we're doing is cool. Uh, but mostly, it's your feedback that we want because the show is for the community by the community, which means that you communicating with us gives you the show that you want to see or hear. Speaking of which, you can see it on YouTube or you can find it on any of your favorite uh, podcast platforms. Uh, with that being said, I will one more time just to appease my producer, Jason, like, subscribe, and share. Uh, let's talk about the cigar news of the week, shall we? It's time for the cigar news brought to you by Tom's Penworks. As a cigar smoker, you appreciate luxury. And as a premium cigar smoker, you appreciate handmade craftsmanship. And as a customer of Tom's Penworks, you'll appreciate the selection of custom-made, limited-production items that you can show off to your friends. From handmade pens, pencils, bottle openers, cigar cases, and now custom rings, Tom will create something special for you or your loved one. Find them on the web at etsy.com slash shop slash Tom's Penworks. And as always, you can find the link in the description for this episode. Okay, so first on the list here, usually the show is not real serious, uh, but we got a serious concern 
at the top of the news. And uh, this is actually going to concern people like Sam that are uh, embarking on a business, risking everything they have uh, with a family at home. The Pennsylvania Legislature Legislature has introduced HB 1657, a bill that would remove smoking exemptions provided in the state's 2008 Clean Indoor Air Act. Removing these exemptions would result in widespread indoor smoking ban in Pennsylvania, which obviously would be super bad for a lot of the family-owned companies that we all appreciate and love. Um, So please... I believe Jason put, if he did what I asked him to, put a link in the uh, description or in the comments for this episode where you can jump on to a link from the Cigar Rights of America and you can sign the petition or essentially uh, reach out to our local representatives in the government to let them know that we do not appreciate them trying to step on our liberties. That's not optional. If you're listening, go there. Do it. Sign the petition, because if not, then we don't exist. And if we don't exist, you don't exist. Let's not get into physics here. Um, but it's important. Uh, I did it as soon as I read it before I even put it in the, the, uh, the notes uh, on the sheet here for today's show. I made sure that I went and signed everybody. That, that's not just the list. Everybody in this audience, everybody here, if you're smoking a cigar... Get on the Cigar Rights of America and let them know what you think. Uh, send some information over to the government and let them know that they're not going to mess with our freedoms. Please, please do that. It's important. If you don't live in Pennsylvania, do it anyway. Because I don't know if a lot of people understand this, but for the people that live in remote areas where you can't get a lot of cigars, Pennsylvania is the headquarters of the United States, not necessarily for imports, but for distribution of cigars. Uh, there's a reason that uh, CI, uh, Famous, all of these companies picked Pennsylvania as a place for their headquarters, and it is because of the fact that we actually have lower taxes, lower laws, and a lot of those things um, that are important and always in danger. If you're not a member of the Cigar Rights of America, there's always a link in literally every episode that we do. We include a link at the bottom of the episode so that you can uh, jump over there and sign up. So please do. All right. Something a little bit less serious. Brick House Bricktoberfest 2023 has uh, been uh, distributed over to your local retailers like the 2022 release. The Bricktoberfest is a, tw- is a 6x52 Toro with a pigtail cap. This year's editions is highlighted by Havana Rosado wrapper grown in Ecuador over all Nicaraguan tobaccos. Cigars are presented in 10-count boxes and blended to be enjoyed with your favorite October best. Oktoberfest. I can't speak today. I must have had a little more bourbon than I intended to before the show. Really? That never happens. (laughs) That's never. You know what? I I am impressed. Normally he has yingling involved when he does this. There's there's usually a lot of things. One thing I like to do for this show is surround myself by beverage options. (laughs) And the problem is I don't always pace myself the way I'd like to. Uh, The re-release of the third Tatuaje Monsters blend, The Face, is scheduled uh, dubbed the Tatuaje The Face Redux number three. Owner Pete Johnson said it should arrive in retail stores during the first two weeks of October. The Tatuaje The Face Redu, Redux, I'm going to pronounce it different every time. Three is base Redux. Okay, cool. I like, I always think of part de. Uh, 
Charlie Sheen's greatest movie ever made, I think. Uh, so, you know, my pronunciations might be a little off. It's based on the original release of the Tatuaje the Face, which first came out in 2010. The Face is based on the Leatherface character from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and the cigar is a 6 and 3 eighths by 56 Bellicoso, consisting of San Andreas Mexican wrapper over Nicaraguan tobacco for the binder and the filler. Uh, so look out for that. We all love the uh, monster series that come out every October. Which leads me into my next suggestion. So I wanted to ask a question. What is the process, time length, from start to finish whenever you guys start a new batch of bourbon or whiskey? R roughly about, for us right now, about three years. Three years? Three years. Okay, so this is 2023. Yeah. Here's my proposition. Uh... 2026 Liberty Pool Monster Mash. Because I heard him say the word mash about a hundred times <laughs> um, in the earlier descriptions in the episode. And I'm like, yeah, we could do that. <laughs> we like mash. we like the, the Halloween. Yeah, dude. There's there's a lot of possibilities here. Uh, I, but I, I just want to like go on it. record again. Yeah. A couple bottles. That's all I ask. All right. Any of any of the ideas that I throw out during the show are yours to have. Just just give me a little something for the trouble, you know. <laughs> Seriously, all he needs is a little pat on the back. Like it, it doesn't have to be when he says a little something. It's Sometimes literally I just a you're an idea guy. I like it. Good I like point. It. So so percent of them are bad, but you only need a couple. You know. So, so real quick, what the monster mash? What I missed that earlier. <laughs> Uh, there was no Monster Mash earlier. Oh, just the he name. Kept okay. Using the, the, <laughs> the term mash. Mash. disgusting <laughs> mash bills. So hey, yeah. the, the I mean maybe a, I don't want to side rail it by any means, but um, <laughs> that's uh, what we do. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what show you're on right now. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> so barrel aged cigars um, or barrel aged uh, fillers. I mean, it, what does that process look like? Is that a is All that right. something that so could be done? It's different for everybody. It, yeah, it's okay. So barrel aged with the whisk or with the whiskey barrels or port barrels or something like that. Yeah. It's a lot like what you were describing with like trying to use apple, cherry, mesquite. You get some flavor. That's a lot of commitment. A to it the is. barrel, B to the person storing it, C to what's the tobacco doing in the barrel while you have it sealed. When they're doing these on the you know, when they're rotating tobacco, it's open air for a reason. Yeah. They, these things want to rot. So there's a lot that goes in for a little bit of flavor. So it's a huge commitment um, on how they do it. When it's done well, it tastes good. Yeah. But to me, that's one of those investments that's like, all right, it's yeah. cool. It, it's maybe better left spent. But you drink the whiskey on the side. You let's maybe let's maybe use the staves from the barrel. Yeah, let's fire on. cure the tobacco off those staves. Hold that, on. That, that's more my style. This that's is cool. This oh. is the short bald guy's time to shine. Uh -oh. uh, yeah. No. So I happen to know a little bit about if the process is used right. Now, so what you're thinking of from a imparting flavor or changing the characteristic of a tobacco is what Sam is speaking to. And it's probably accurate. However, there are companies out there that are family owned that do things the correct way. And the one that sticks out in my head is, is actually Nick Perdomo. I don't know if you know this, but most of his cigars, if not all of them, are actually bourbon barrel aged in this for a reason for the benefit of the tobacco. So when they go through fermentation, it's very similar to what you guys are doing here. 
You're trying to expel ammonia and nitrates from the tobacco to remove bitterness and improve the taste and quality of the tobacco that you're smoking in a cigar. You can only get so much of it by building them up in pylones and fermenting on a pallet somewhere. Whenever you put them in an extra fermentation process inside of a bourbon barrel, it helps the tobacco to actually expel more that that like remaining amount of bitter qualities in the tobacco to make a better quality tobacco product in the long run. So even if you're not imparting flavor, there's still a benefit to doing it just from the standard of let's make this tobacco as good as we can. It's a hand-in-hand relationship. So the environment of the barrel helps accelerate some of those... It's essentially the exhalation process of the tobacco to remove the negative qualities or chemistry left in the tobacco before it's a super high-end, well-aged, fermented interesting product. What do you? So you're not really looking for bourbon flavors. Correct. It's not. Now, like I said, to Sam's point, if you're if you're looking at saying, "Hey, let's let's." impart some of the bourbon qualities on the tobacco, then Sam's methodology mm-hmm. is the right methodology. Yeah. But if, but there is an instrumental part that those barrels can play in making the tobacco as good as it can be. Oh. Fascinating. We, we had tried, so just from very novice cigar smokers, we had taken an empty barrel of whiskey, freshly dumped, and we had placed finished cigars in it, which I think going into yeah. it, knew that it was not going to necessarily impart it, but we were curious for the experiment purpose and and um, had never had much of the cigar flavor as we were smoking that we were maybe hoping for um, but they did smoke well um, but well, one of those things you, you're gonna have to do if, if you want to try that sorry did I just screw you up <laughs> Jason, that was awesome Jason has no mic okay so were, were you trying to impart the flavor of the cigar into the whiskey or the whiskey into the cigar? The whiskey into the cigar. Uh, that, okay, yeah. that, that's how I had interpreted yeah. it. Yeah. And, yeah, what well. Corey and it was minor. It makes sense from what yeah. you're saying. It, it didn't. It didn't From work. From it the experimental side, we, we, when we smoked the cigars, we did not taste much of the whiskey flavor. Yeah, and it's, yeah. it's, it's wild how it all works, right? Because things you think would absorb won't. Things that you think will absorb like or the won't backward. absorb will like will it, and will, the will, way will. the back and forth goes on that's crazy i mean you guys i'm sure dealing with barrels you guys know intimately like port barrels are great because the port gets stuck in the barrel but the whiskey pulls it back out like cool but going the other way around it's not going to help a port you're not going to get you're just going to get fire out of a bourbon barrel when you go to a port you know and you know to use uh i heard you go ooh when i said that about the whiskey staves for smoking it like if, you know you could smoke completed cigars you know over the staves and and get the smoke and import the cold smoke into it and all that you're going to get the oils from that that's going to linger that's going to stay it's going to hang and actually now that we're talking about it it sounds really delicious to me (laughs) (laughs) like i feel like i'm going to get you guys a bundle of some i smell a collaboration let's Let's get something going on this one but yeah you know stuff like that um but you guys ever want to play with like raw tobacco and stuff like that i can you know there's a couple places i can get it from so yeah. If you guys are on play that we can do that, uh, which brings me to I let you try that that um, Aladino whiskey while she was at the shop, mm. and you know it was uh, it was illegal, so it was good. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was curious to hear your your thoughts on it because you said like he made great cuts. Like you, I've heard a lot of people for the most part talk fairly negatively about that whiskey 
because it is young. It, 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 yeah. it, you can taste that it's young. But your objective opinion on it was amazing because you were like, yeah, it's young. Okay, and you moved past the negative part of it. And what, what were you saying about the cuts, and what did you mean by that? So uh, if you're going to age whiskey for a short amount of time, and I think Kevin can, Kevin and Jim can back me up on this, you want to get a clean ethanol in that barrel. If you, because what happens is the science of the barrel is that it takes time for those molecules of ethanol to convert to an ester that you can taste. And can I hold you up for a second? Yeah. What is an ester? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, just going to ask it because I know so that you were thinking. Yeah. Yeah. So, so an ester is a, f a fruity flavor, an aromatic flavor. Um, that you that see was my in the whiskey. Grandma. Yeah, th yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Th yeah. Think green apple, think things that are very uh, bright in flavor. Like Glenfiddich. Like they have just a yeah. ton of apple. A ton of bright. So, so an ester is formed from, from an acid, uh, which is generated in a fermentation, and then that combines with an alcohol. So an alcohol plus an acid forms an ester. So our philosophy is generally ferment clean. You want to have, you want to avoid um, bad bacteria but you want to derive as much of those fermentation acids as possible and then distill dirty. So try to get as many of those through That's your shirt. Through the barrel as you dirty. can. <laughs> as you can. Idea guy. Because then what you have is you, you have this heavy concentration of 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 acids, fermentation acids that are that are tasty. Um, and then over time But they time, take a while in barrel. They take time. Right? So so if Can I get that again? <laughs> it was what, what? What's the clean part? <laughs> it is ferment clean, distill dirty. I have things yep. that I'm not saying out of respect, <laughs> but I don't know who the respect <laughs> is for. Even like I just I'm not saying it. Just know the comments there. Right. I know right. my new bumper. Right. You know, for me, that's the the long lasting flavors well, that I enjoy. So when I'm tasting a young whiskey, if I get an off note, it's because they didn't. Distill dirt. Am I saying dirt. this right? Yeah, yeah. It, they did distill dirty. It's yeah. it's one of a thousand variables. So so, but yeah, when it comes that's down, that's a good point. When it comes down to it, um, d depending on how long you plan to age it, makes an impact as to what you want to pull through on your still. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, so when I'm tasting a young mm -hmm. whiskey, if I get any flavors that needed more time in the barrel, they should have distilled that out. They shouldn't have put that into the barrel. So that's what I was explaining, that I thought for a young whiskey, it complemented the cigar that Sam had chosen with it. So there's nothing bad about a young whiskey because we've had young whiskeys for a long time. You have just, to know one, right? You because you don't know what that it, yeah, you mature whiskey is going to be like. Distill to what can't. you're going to age, as Kevin said. You're going to have to distill to what you expect it to taste like in the end. Just pair the right cigar. I think if there, we had a lot of people that liked our green, they call it green whiskey. We had a lot of people that liked that. And now that we're getting older, they're like, oh, I miss your old whiskeys. But now there's a lot of people that say, I like your older whiskeys better because you've clearly distilled a little bit differently. And we have better, we still have a long way to go. We're not. I think you guys we're are not doing old everything yet, correctly, but, um, like, right? You're, yeah, we're psyched you're with what we've decided to do. You're looking at it from the perspectives of, like, it's a perfect blend. We've, we've talked about art, and we've talked about science. Yeah. And I think that when you're talking about tobacco or a beverage, a whiskey, uh, a any type of alcohol. Same thing, yeah. yeah. 
it's it's the right marriage of those two concepts that makes something phenomenal. Totally. Right. What I what I love about it, it's 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 as in depth as you can get into the science behind it. In the end of the day, it's subjective. And what my favorite whiskey is might be your least favorite whiskey. What my favorite cigar is maybe your least well, favorite. And it's I such a beautiful balance. Yeah. So prior to doing this, what was your go-to, your go-to, and your go-to drinks? Before you guys had this, what was your go-to? Me? Me first. Kevin? Jeez. Um, Maker's Mark, probably. Okay. Um, at the same time, I was... I was we started this, I was 23, 24. Okay, and so more like 19. Right, right. So do you, uh, do you tend towards your weeded bourbon? Uh, anymore, it's, 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 it's more on the rye category. Okay. Um, Knob Creek, New Riff. There's some really good ryes out there. Dude, new Riff. Besides uh, Liberty Pole. But um, but yeah, totally. New, new, a lot of the new school guys. There, there's there's a really cool trend of of new school whiskeys that I think we tend to gravitate towards. There's a great revolution going on. There it's, is. Awesome. It's exciting. It's really fun. The old guys. I mean, the, the legacy distillers make great whiskey, and we yeah. also enjoy that too. Yeah. Um. So it's a good time to be a whiskey drinker, um, for sure. Right now. Yeah. But it's kind of my my two cents, I guess. Oh. <laughs> All right, Jim. Um, so, so my my kind of initiation into whiskey was Irish whiskey. I'm still an Irish whiskey fan. Um, I, I think as we've gotten into our distillery, um, I've gravitated more towards, you know, American whiskeys, a little heavier, a little more viscous. Um, like Kevin, I'm a big rye fan. Um, I, I I really enjoy our rye. I love. Peerless Rye, New Riff. Um, there's there's some really good ryes out there, but yeah, but but if I had to pick one whiskey style, uh, I would I would be on the rye train, also. Awesome. Um, I'm gonna skip you for a second. Yeah. Oh. Corey, I'll know what she's gonna say. <laughs> what's, what's your go-to? Uh, so, I get around a little bit, but my absolute fa- favorite is probably the Lagavulin 16. Um, so I do have a tendency towards scotch a little bit more than bourbon. Um, a little bit of like, uh, um, I do a little bit of everything, honestly. You like, like licking the back of that fireplace, oh, it's which delicious. is why I jumped to him before I went to you. <laughs> See what I did there? Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, you want to talk about the fireplace, you're <laughs> eating the ashes. Oh, yeah. Because you're an Ardbeg guy. I'm an Ardbeg guy. I'm a Octomore or I'm a Gerd. Brun, uh, I can never say it. Oh, so Brugladi. many. Brugladi. Thank you. Brugladi. Brugladi. <laughs> Thank you. I always get it wrong, so I just always yeah. mess it up on purpose. <laughs> but you knew what I meant. I knew That's yeah. the thing. Ooh, your yeah. winter one could uh. be B R R R R R R B O N bourbon. And Ellen, what would your what was yours before you guys started this, and what is yours? Yeah, scotch. Scotch. Yeah. But this was because why you know when you I think that with is a type of thing you drink sometimes when you're going through troubles. And when we were having, my father got real ill, and the boys were little. Um, Jim used to give me a scotch, whatever scotch he had in the house, because I never drank whiskey before this. And a lot of times it was, it started out with some scotches, but I grew to love, I grew up in a farming community, and I grew to love Laphroaig, 
Hell and yeah. um, Art Bag. But now I, I'll take anything. Um, I've had the opportunity to, cha- to taste a Port Ellen from Isla, and um, I, it's delightful. So, and that's, they're not open anymore, so that was a very rare scotch. So I'm the one behind the pita bourbon, <laughs> and, um, but in the end, every night when I go home, I will drink our pita bourbon. It is just, I think we've mastered something beautiful, and I enjoy it, so I'm a scotch drinker, but I like our pita. It's so cool. Like, that was yeah. the one thing I was looking forward to more than anything else, being a peated guy, was coming in here and, and like, hey, let's, let's see what peat looks like on a bourbon. And the answer is phenomenal. It's really good. It's and, a baby and scotch. To the success, I think, of what you've done here. So we went in to the shop to buy a couple of bottles, and um, your very knowledgeable salesman in in there uh, essentially laid out, okay, here's this, here's this, and here's this. And um, as much as I like to try to avoid talking about my wife on this show because of the minefield that usually ensues, (laughs) she told him, like, I like wine. And I I typically drink dry wine, which is probably more conducive to crossing over than somebody like sweet wine, right? But everything he gave her was like, oh, this is good. Oh, this is good. Oh, this is good. Well, I think if you're a sophisticated wine drinker, you understand terroir. And whiskey is the only spirit that gives you that terroir. And it is, that is the key. I've seen more women who drink wine switch to drinking whiskey when they understand the terroir. I, I just, his reaction was, I thought you were a wine drinker, but it looks like maybe you're a whiskey drinker. Yep, it's a natural progression. And I imagine yep. that conversion might happen more often in this this distillery uh, than maybe some other places. You, like, you have a, a lot of really good options laid out, and I was expecting my wife to get to one or two of these <laughs> options and go, ugh. But that was never a reaction that, that she had even though maybe I was expecting it, you know? So I have a question that's, um, when we're drinking whiskey, they say that it off, often affects frontal lobe, that you always, when you drink whiskey, it's a memory. I find that smoking cigars also triggers frontal lobe memories. Do you find that the same? People pick their cigars based on memories of what they've known or what they've enjoyed? I, I think so to some extent, right? Like it's very similar to uh, smell, right? Like the sense of smell has the strongest attachment for us as human beings. People to don't realize that. Memories, yeah. Yeah. right? You smell something like the hot pavement being hit by the rainstorm in the summer, and you're like, oh my God, I'm back here at this Imagine. place. That campfire, that cedar chest takes me back to being at the cabin with my family when I was a kid. Um, but there's definitely elements of that in your taste uh, profile. So that's as my well. theory yeah. between whiskey and cigars. Yeah. I I have a lot of people ask me at the shop because uh, I mean, you came in, you didn't really get the normal intro to the shop. But I'm always in the humidor with the customer, it, and it's just for look. I know these cigars pretty well. What do you eat and drink and do, and what do you normally like? I know what's close and all that stuff, and I, I try and give that hands-on experience. And one of the things I get asked a lot is. What do you mean you taste cocoa? What do you mean that you taste the campfire, all that stuff? His I best friend growing up was cocoa, by yeah. the way. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I taste like you, Sam. Taste, yeah. taste. I don't taste any of the stuff, though. That's the thing. is I, 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 I taste very little of the notes that we talk about. I smell it. 
you know, everything for me is nasal. It, it's all on the smell. You know, with the cigars, it's the retrohale. That's the most important part of a cigar to me. And it's exactly what you guys were talking about. It's that memory. Because when I'm trying to just sit down and be like, all right, what do I get? The first thing I do is I sit down, I take a couple hits of it, let it wash my palate. Then I close, you know, close my mind off to try and like not be thinking, all right, what do I taste? What do I smell? And just give it a second. And then I retrohale. And whatever thoughts come to mind, I'm right. Like, no matter what, you're correct. You so I think we could get some research dollars behind this because I think <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right, Sam. I, I think you're right. I, it, it's yeah. all just yeah. what do you get? That, that's my favorite thing about cigars. No matter what you think you taste, you know, seven-year-old eel fish liver out of it, you're right. <laughs> Why? Because that's what your brain went to. That's what right. your brain went to. You yeah. tasted that. 100%. It, it, yeah, it, it's, yeah, it's that. It's triggering that memory. And I feel like a lot, you know, mm -hmm. one of the things I got when I started trying to taste more was – a lot of the feedback I got was, all right, go out and start trying things. So go try more foods. Go try stuff you don't like. Try things that you wouldn't normally enjoy and smell them, taste them, all that stuff. And build those association points in your mind so that you can pull those notes out. Makes a richer you know, life. You know, like I, yeah. I keep seeing the, the cup sitting there with the grain uh, <laughs> that you guys have sitting there. And it immediately when I first saw that, I thought of there was an Indian restaurant I went to and they had fennel seeds in a little bowl with a little spoon for you to just palate cleanse with. Mm -hmm. And I love that taste. My wife hates that taste. <laughs> uh, and I remember the whole conversation, all of it, based on an image. And to me, that image is vivid and all that. But when it's something that I smell, that image is I relive it. Like, I get to go do it again. I get that cocoa powder again. I get to redo all that again. So what you were talking about with, you know, where is it frontal lobe-wise, I think it's 100% sinus and nasal and and oral factory or whichever fancy term you want to use for it <laughs> yeah oh absolutely and if you're not retro hailing retro hailing your cigars you're not tasting them right like yeah. so much of our taste is in our sinuses and our nasals and and it's a often overlooked part of the process um, I do want to acknowledge Ryan Seneca has been very active in the chat room. He says uh, that he's not into Rise, but definitely wants to give the Liberty Pool a shot after hearing us talking about it. And I would absolutely say that's the one for you to try because what I really like about, so we talked about what, what our go-tos were, right? And I, I mentioned Lagavulin 16. There's a difference between a traditional like Ardbeg or Laphroaig peated scotch that's very, like we talked about earlier in the episode, very in your face, right? And I think the thing that draws me to Lafroig is you have the characteristic of the peated smoke taste, but you also get a little bit more of that full flavor that you get with other bourbons, like, or I'm sorry, scotches like a Macallan, right? You taste the peat, but you also taste the whiskey as well. And the rye that you guys make is subdued to a place where you get a whole mouthfeel, a whole complement of flavors. It is not just this one thing that is beating your head in. So if you're not traditionally a rye drinker, I would very much urge you to try Liberty Poles Rye because it is that nice little blend of here's the rye, but here's everything else. See how they work together to create a symphony of flavor instead of just a one-note uh, experience. So, so 
Can I? Uh, yeah. Can I? Uh, Go for it. Yes. Yeah. Yes, you can. Uh, you don't have on. to finish that sentence. Yes. So, 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 yeah. Awesome. I'm, I'm glad you say that. There's, I think there's two things. So, um, post prohibition, um, there is, there's a big distillery in Indiana that makes a lot of rye, and they do it really well. Um, but their mash bill is 95% rye, 5% malted barley. It's very rye forward rye and they produce that for a lot of distilleries that brand it as as you know a different uh entity or different brand and it's a great whiskey we love it um problem is if you're a bourbon drinker you're a scotch drinker um it can be very rye forward it can you can taste that spicy herbalness of it pepper pepper and 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 you drink it and you go okay I don't necessarily like this flavor, and I'm going to write off rye as a category. But much like every single thing we've talked about today, um, there is a wide range of of flavors that's really cool. So traditional Pennsylvania rye was not that high in rye content. And in our rye, it's 74% rye. There's a little bit of wheat, 13 wheat, 13% malted barley. And, And so whenever... What's that? <laughs> he said, "You giving away secrets?" <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. And uh, and so you combine uh, you combine a little bit less rye content in our rye mash bill, that with the fact that it's pot distilled versus column distilled, and those sort of natural agricultural grain forwardness, um, sweet notes, I think balance out a lot of that rye spice and. It's something that I think we're really proud of as as our rye whiskey. It's it's kind of you know a very approachable rye in a way that I think uh, if anybody out there listening is is written off rye, would love to have them try it because I think it's very much a uh, a different style of rye whiskey. That's that's one that's worth trying. It's a really cool style. As as the <laughs> as the self declared marketing ambassador. Uh, for Liberty Pool of Spirits. We'll get you on the payroll. <laughs> don't do yourself... Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> don't do yourself a disservice. Try them all. Because you're going to find something to like in all of them. Dude, that is a great... I wrote a note here, so I didn't no, I, to say Take it. note, because this hasn't happened very I often. He's about to tell me I'm right. <laughs> I, I don't like corn whiskeys, usually. Well, you've been drinking it all day. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's why I'm saying it. The corn was so popular today. The corn was so popular. Well, wow. I don't like corn whiskey. I, I mean, almost ever. Um, I've had... You know, a, a vast array of people, and I'm always willing to try new, right? So exactly what we're talking about. I always try the new version of something that I don't particularly care for. I've had people. He bring does. Me, I can vouch for that. Yeah, I, I, I've, I've had a lot of people bring me, you know, aged dickles and stuff like that. Age and who? And, and, <laughs> dickles. Dickles. It, it, yeah, it's whiskey. Whiskey. Um, and I mean, the, like these are Good notable corn whiskeys that like people get excited about, like some of the. Dickles that I've had and I'm not a fan at all. I've been drinking that all day. Like that, that it's it's it, it's. Thanks, Sam. <laughs> it, it, it's hey. a testament to a you guys putting the quality and the time in. B, try new stuff. Yep. You know, uh, one of the things you know we had talked about briefly. We were there Monday. I got my the liquor store right next to my shop is going to be carrying all of what you guys have now. So we got that on the docket. I told them I'm like, look. Just bring it in. He's like, well, and I was like, bring it in. I will sell it for you. Like, just bring it in. <laughs> and he's okay. But I never, I didn't even mention the corn to him because it wasn't a consideration for me. 
and yet we just we'll just keep bringing it over to you yeah but i have to interrupt you you were talking about full flavors i've been finishing this fat bottom betty with this rock they make the rock and roll go it's everything you said sam is sweet and spicy wow you have a drastic contrast pairing drastic but it's delicious with the rye and i think i think if i had to sum up what i think liberty pole does well it is there's a difference between an ingredients and a recipe right like there are some people out there like oreos got the flavor of the month right like oh it tastes like this this month it tastes like this this month the secret is i think when the magic happens there's there's something in there or multiple things in there you don't have to be able to recognize what they are just that they're working well together and it's not necessarily about whether it's corn or whether it's rye or whether it's wheat it's about how all of those things interact together to create something new and uh, I think that's really what you guys do well is because it's not like, oh, this stands out as this to me or this stands out as that. It. It's, it's, man, this really works well together. You know, so the, the, Sam was talking about our corn whiskey. Um, and the one thing we really haven't talked about is the grain, uh, the type of corn that we use. Um, we use a, a varietal called Bloody Butcher. Um, it is. Yeah, that sounds metal <laughs> as hell. It's fantastic, <laughs> right? Go. But, it, but it, it, it's a it's it's a type of corn that you know it's non-GMO. Uh, it, it was introduced into America in the 1800s. Um, it's it's very flavorful. Um, it it is very oily, um, and it is very low yielding for the farmer and for the distiller. And for that reason, it it kind of went out of favor. Because it costs more. Because it costs more. I mean, we have to use, you know, a lot more corn per mash bill than we would if we were using number two dent corn, which is what, you know, 90% of the Kentucky bourbons are made with. Um, But, you know, we think it's worth it. We think the flavor profile that it gives to our whiskeys, our bourbon, our corn whiskey, our pita bourbon, um, is worth it. It's just a fantastic grain. And, um, you know, that, that's the kind of thing that we do. You know, we're looking to be unique. Um, the, the big heritage distillers could never use that because, A, the farmers couldn't grow enough of it to meet their demand, and they wouldn't get enough yield um, alcohol-wise out of their mashes. But we're small enough that we can play with grains like that. And that's, I think, another thing that separates tobacco. So, like, right. the parallels, man. Right. Like, the reason that you're going to get a better cigar from a smaller company is there's a difference between going into a McDonald's and having this thing taste the same every time you have it. And it's okay, maybe. You can, you know, do it in a pinch. It, It tastes the same everywhere you go in the world. But a smaller company has the ability to work with a smaller batch of crops or products that can really make something good. You're thinking about Lee right now, aren't you? I'm thinking about all kinds of yeah. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I, I, I can see it in your eyes. A lot of parallels. No, I, I, I will say one thing that's really cool. Uh, so I, I tell a lot of people, like, you know, I pay attention to which blender made cigars for some, from some of the big boxes and stuff like that. And, you know, I, hey, this blender made this. This blender made that. And... I, I sell cigars based on the commonality. You like something that Ricky Rodriguez made, you know, try this, try that, try these different things, you know, that Ricky's made. Your whiskeys don't have a common note. 
which is cool. Like normally when you get something from one place, there's a common note that's a thread throughout that you either like or don't like. You guys don't have that. So it's, it's so funny you say that. Um, so this this barrel that we did today, a uh, barrel named Daryl. Um, <laughs> so, so so it was uh, it was a little bit more contentious than we've had in the past. Um, Rob, his taste profile, what he enjoys, was maybe more negative towards it. Um, didn't necessarily want to pull this one, but but um, a few other folks Us, to be yeah. named oh. <laughs> nameless were yeah. were pretty high on it, and we really liked it. And uh, and then we put it to the the team, the whole Liberty Pool team. We got a lot of great whiskey tasters on our. Uh, on our crew here. If you and ever need one, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I volunteer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 totally, and, uh, totally. and especially with the single barrel program, I think that's such a cool thing is is you have a little bit of flexibility where where um, if there's a barrel that's a really high quality whiskey, but it's you know it's it's not too necessarily a particular spec. <laughs> uh, you have the flexibility that this is going to be a great whiskey, and a lot of people. To get to a single barrel of Liberty Pole whiskey, it's got to go through a lot of checks, and uh, and so it's not necessarily one particular profile, one particular taster, and uh, and I think that's a, a cool thing. It shows, and that's that's exactly what that's I was. A neat thing. I Kevin, didn't know any of that, but I, you can taste it in your in what you guys offer, yeah, and even in I'm your core lines. I'm kind of thinking that we pull a couple samples of the ones we really like. Put them in a little sample bottle, and I go over to just just the tip, me and Jim, and we go over to just the tip, and you guys try it too and see what you think. Who's ever there? We'll give it a try. Can you invite me too? Can I come? Oh, for God's sake! You just said mom and dad. It's a little exclusive there. Can I come, guys? Is that all right? Go. You tell us what you think. So before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love intern. it. He's the intern. And speaking of the intern, before I jump into the events of the week, uh, the intern's wife has a question in the chat room. She'd like to know, for someone who is new to bourbon, or necessarily that is not their go-to, um, do you have a specific line that you guys would recommend as being like, this is your transitionary? Like, in cigars, we have sweet tips like the, the Fat Bottom Betty, Betty or yeah. we have acid, which is flavored, which maybe takes a little bit of the edge off. If, if there's someone that's new coming in uh, to the idea of drinking whiskey or bourbon, keep, what's the bottle you're going to Keep pour? in mind, you're going to sell me this bottle when you're done <laughs> recommending. No, no, you no. keep in mind, you're, you're not going to have to answer for why you bought this. Damn it, woman, you told me to get me something. Yeah, that's what I told her. <laughs> so so uh, that's, that is a good question. I, I think mom would agree. I think maybe more so than a bottle, I would say start with a cocktail. Start with a um, a whiskey, a whiskey cocktail, an old an old fashioned. Depending on what your other tastes are. So so, um, I still think I say a cocktail. I still think I say a cocktail. Um, and then, um, you know, go go from there. I I feel like so one of the harder things about whiskey is it's a high proof spirit. You're drinking. Something, especially Liberty Pole, you're 92 proof, and 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 there is there is a there is a there is a, a there there there's a there's a chemical pain receptor. Your your taste buds, if it's high proof, and maybe more so high proof than your palate is acclimated to, 
that sends something to your brain that says this this burns. And I think what we've seen a lot through Liberty Pole is that that can be a turnoff. But what is cool is that when you drink a cocktail, you balance that flavor of the whiskey because that's really what's beautiful about the whiskey is is those grain flavors, those barrel flavors. You put that into a cocktail, and Mom is, I think, the best in in Pittsburgh. She's the best in really m- maybe anywhere in the U.S. <laughs> she she is a, an insane savant. Like she's crazy, half half crazy, half <laughs> half the best. It's probably but mostly crazy. your fault, buddy. <laughs> yep. Oh yeah. Totally. <laughs> totally. But 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 the best there is, and and I think that element of trying it in a cocktail, and then all of a sudden you start to taste those beautiful notes of the whiskey. So. so the reason I say that is because my wife is a good example. So, like, one of the things that Sam and I have is a real big commonality in terms of introducing people to cigars is questions that have nothing to do with cigars. Do you like your coffee black? Do you put in a lot of cream or a lot of sugar? Do you like craft beer? Do you like Coors Light? Do you like <coughs> spicy food? Or do you like maybe something a little bit more tame? Can kind of lead you into a... a uh, an idea because the one thing most people are going to tend towards something milder for their first experience but if somebody likes black coffee if they like spicy food if they like craft beers i don't want to give them a light cigar because they're probably going to be bored by it and turned off and maybe not come back again um so that that's something that's always important to ask yourself is is you know whether or not you're somebody that demands something punched in the face or you want something a little bit mellower. Mm -hmm. But I think if you are somebody that's maybe a little apprehensive, maybe you drink, you know, sweet drinks typically, then that is absolutely going to be a great avenue for you is to come in. And the nice thing is they have a bottled (laughs) pre-made... Uh, I'm, I'm in so on the plug. If you like it, you can you. take it home. That's right. <laughs> so you don't have to come here and have the bartender make it for you. Um, you have an old-fashioned bottled and ready to go, which is really cool. Absolutely. By the way, I'm I want to clarify that we, we got another comment that says, yeah, go. he's bringing it home today, so don't worry about <laughs> it from Jason. So, uh, so I, I think if I was you, Jason, I would just play it safe and bring one of all of them, and then you don't have to worry. You're going to find something she likes in there. You know what I mean? That's a smart consumer choice. I, I mean, uh, I'm for it. Yeah. So to what you were saying about, the different, you know, you got that strength, but there's that other stuff going on with it. That yep. cigar I just gave you yep. is very strong. Yeah, totally. It is. Yep. That's that's the one. Buddy. Yeah, it's strong. <laughs> that yeah, it, it's got I some. I am disappointed. It's, it's so short. I had it on Monday night. <laughs> you sound like my wife. <laughs> <laughs> I keep telling well, her it's been it 17 <laughs> years. You know what you're getting yourself into. Self-deprecating humor <laughs> is always the best. <laughs> Um, so it does come in other formats and sizes, um, but, but I keep telling her to avoid those. Corey doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Sam. I just uh, wanted to last. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, earmuffs. Kevin, earmuffs. If it was just a way. little bigger and lasted a little longer, <laughs> right. uh, so yeah, and if it tasted better too. Oh, here she comes. Uh, I like here she long comes. Everybody pretend I didn't say anything. So the reason that I gave you the Neanderthal is exactly what you were talking about. So that higher proof, that higher strength, where, you know, a lot of tobacconists are going to tend towards handing you a real light and fluffy cigar. And like you said, it's about finding out more than just that. But guys default to, oh, here, you're new. 
here's my Connecticut's. Yep. Here's my shade wrappers. Here's here's an Ecuadorian Connecticut. Here's a Camacho. You know, great cigar, great flavor. But like, here it is. It's basic. <laughs> Trying something beyond that is always going to be an experience. And worst case scenario, you're going to hate it. But it tells so, you where to go to the next but it, experience. Yeah. Totally. So I make a lot of flavor, uh, a lot of sample packs for exactly that reason for people with like a diverse setup in it. And I do the cigar mystery. So every month I put a different cigar, cigar on the shelf that mystery. is marked down, way marked down. So that's your motivation to go ahead and pick it up. Yep. It's wrapped in newspaper. I took the band off. I took the cellophane off. You have no way of knowing what it is. I'm never going to tell you what it was that you smoked. The purpose of that cigar is not for you to find your new favorite. It's to find something different than you normally would have. One month, I'm going to get that rock and roll, just full body cigar like that. The next month, it's going to be a real light and fluffy Connecticut. The only thing I'm not going to do is I'm not going to put a flavored in there. So when you like one, go every other month. Yeah. <laughs> well, I there, think that's there, kind of, Oh, go ahead. There hasn't been a time. I've bought most of the... Uh, the packs that Sam puts together because we do the podcast at the shop every week. And most every week, I'm like, I, I look through his little... Uh, uh, Careful, Jen. Yeah, watching. the packs that he puts together, and I'm like, oh, yep, that looks good. And I have not come across one that I've been like, oh, this thing's a piece of shit, and threw it in the garbage. It's the cigar of the month well that he curated. puts together. It's well curated. The the uh, packs he puts together are well curated. It, it's great stuff, and it's it's a testament to Sam and his commitment to cigars as a whole. Well, I was just going to say that if you're new to whiskey or you're new to cigars, you need to go. Don't just go to the state store and pick something, or don't just go yeah. buy. To buy. Yeah, come go to Liberty to somebody, Pool and pick something. Right. <laughs> Talk to our bartenders. They will match your taste. Talk to Sam. He will match your taste. I think that's the place to start. So, or the spirit shop. I, I believe <laughs> not, spirit Mark. Shop. not Mark. Sorry, Mark. Spirit I, shop. I believe the one. Uh, Amy, is that the one bartender that yes. took care of me? Oh, she's so much fun. I walked over and she goes, you're getting a, a rye old fashioned. And I was like, well, I want it. She's like, you're getting a rye old fashioned. <laughs> just, just like that. And I was like, cool. It was delicious. Because yeah, yeah. I was like, I want a cocktail this time. She's like, oh, yeah, yeah. She's like, you're getting, and didn't, I mean, it wasn't, I didn't have a chance. She was making it before we finished talking. I was like, okay. She gets done. She's like, you'll like this. And I think I that's me where so you happy. start. You start with people who are knowledgeable. Yeah. And then you're better off determining your own taste oh absolutely and remember in cigar smoking like drinking there's no monogamy you know right. try some different stuff swing always. around you never know when you're gonna find your next favorite you don't you always know? my wife didn't think that she was gonna like the bourbon cream he, oh yeah. this is gonna be sweet you know what i mean and it's like oh that's a very pleasant surprise and and that's that's just it you know, don't be afraid to to jump in and, and try something. You never know where your next favorite's coming from if you don't oh. give a little bit of everything. So, go, go ahead, Jim. You look like you were going to say something. Oh, no. Oh, um, <laughs> one of the things that I just realized I did to you guys that I hate, and I don't hate, but it, it amuses me that people do is, what's your favorite? Well, hold on, hold on. What time of day is it? Right. That's right. Did I have That's coffee? That's exactly right. Am I eating chimichangas? Like, what, what, what am I doing with this cigar for me to pick that, yeah. to pick that one? You know, and it, it, my favorite is dependent on what I'm doing at the time. So that always gets me. Uh, go ahead, man. I'm, I, sorry, we got a comment that's just definitely worth <laughs> just breaking in for because it's fantastic. Oh, Seneca. No, no, Ryan Seneca said, Jason's words, it's a piece of shit and I'm going to throw it in the trash. 
Jason's actions. A cigar in the shitter? I'm going to put this in my mouth. <laughs> it's happening. So it, for you guys, not, a not theoretical. Jason has taken a random stranger's cigar off the back of a toilet <laughs> in a lounge <laughs> and smoked it. Um, they paid me. You didn't yeah. know we were going to pay you when you went and got it. I you were like, already on it. Hey, man, there's a cigar in the shitter. <laughs> I'll give you, he was gone before I could put a dollar <laughs> amount on it. I don't know, I'm thinking I'm He's like, like, oh, five bucks too? Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm liking this Ryan Seneca guy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I've <laughs> never <laughs> met him, but uh, oh, guys, you I will, can't wait. You will, I'm sure. Especially, oh, he like has it. a fantastic palate for whiskey too. Yeah. He has never given me a whiskey that wasn't a banger. Also, he's really? not married yeah, and has cool. no children, yeah. so he's got disposable income. Keep oh. that in mind there we when go. he comes in. <laughs> yeah, Kevin. Yeah, Kevin. I've had a better palate. Shots fired. Let's go ahead and talk about the events of the week real quick. Wow. That was a banger right there. It was. Uh, Thursday, September 28th, Superior Smoke Shop, the Sam Show, Fall Blowout in Munhall, deal details. Buy five, get one, buy ten, get two, buy 20, get five, and 25 gets you seven. Anything over 30, and you get three free for every ten purchased. But they get the decided cigar, so tread carefully. Uh, Saturday, October 28th at Nelson Maguastos in Greensburg, the Spooky Sumatra Halloween Party. Trey Mack. Uh, yes, that's right. The guy that likes to hold hands in the bathroom stalls of Eladino cigars uh, will be on site as well uh, to release the hauntingly delicious Aladino Sumatra, the fall limited edition. And uh, they will welcome plenty of delicious spirits as well. Hopefully, if they're smart, they'll select some Liberty Pole options uh, for that event, I would say. Uh, the deals will be absolutely spooktacular. That's good wordplay. All attendees are encouraged to wear their favorite Halloween outfit. And then once you wrap up there, you can head on over uh, to the Weaning House. Also on sat Saturday, October 28th, the highlight of the evening, the second appearance of the Strum Junkies. That's right. We're returning to Weaning House. Uh, and this time, the Prodigal Sons return with local cigar box legend Louis Lamana will be playing drums for us. Uh, we'll be keeping the beat on the drums, costume contest, Halloween drink specials, food and cigar specials. What else can you ask for? It's going to be a fantastic time. Saturday, October 28th. Yes, unfortunately, uh, you might be in a position where you have to move a wedding uh, so that you can attend. I highly recommend you do that. It's going to be an awesome time. I bought a smoke machine. Fog machine, <laughs> nice. Hey, I, there's a difference, right? Because a fog machine and a smoke machine—they they say any any machine can be a smoke machine if you use it wrong enough. Yeah, you'll have that. So I have uh, three events to add to the list. Um, so first and most importantly, um, so the spiced whiskey release for <laughs> Liberty Pole is going to be mid to end of uh, October. So wait for a date on that, guys. Uh, you guys want to talk more about that real quick? Uh, what is the spiced whiskey? That's Spiced whiskey is is uh, the holidays in a glass. Um, Ooh, we, I like we, that. We've been doing this how many years, Kev? Uh, it's like our fourth year. Yeah. So it's our rye whiskey, a, a straight rye whiskey that we um, we dump the barrels and we um, we add just a beautiful amount of uh, allspice, cinnamon, and orange peel with a little brown sugar syrup, and um, it, it's it's probably our our most anticipate a release of the year so only comes out at christmas comes out at christmas we mm. we try to make enough to um last from what halloween to christmas so have um, you succeeded yet 
Uh, yeah, last yeah. year we we timed it perfectly. Like I think nice. we sold our last bottle on Christmas Eve. Yeah. Oh wow! So, yeah, so, so <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I'm gonna try and make sure that that happens. Oh, it's fantastic! We'll push that fantastic. Let's call it the Grinch. You know, yeah, yeah. Everybody um, roots for the bad guy. That's right. So two other events, uh, more details to come. October 27th is going to be the Just the Tip uh, Halloween party. It's going to be TV show, Dress as Your Favorite TV Character themed. Mm. We're going to be doing... Dope! Uh, a war- Dope! Yeah, you would be perfect for it. Um, no, no. unfortunately, you have to go with Kid Rock and you have to be JOC. So, sorry about what that. What TV you, show is that from? I don't know, but you committed to it already. You got him so excited. I would, um, I would dress as Mr. Howell. Really? Because you strike me more as a I'm Mr. Me Six. That's a lot of blue body hair. But yeah, so any TV show character, we're going to be doing prizes I for best costume, Mises. best couples costume, and best group costume. It's the Kurt Lens off brand, Mr. Me Six. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the off brand. Uh, and then October 29th, we're going to be doing. Uh, hopefully more than what I'm about to say, but October 29th is going to be uh, football uh, with Trey Mack. So it's come, a hell of a weekend. Yeah, come come back to the shop, hang yeah. out, watch football. We'll do some deals on Aladino, but really it's just more for come hang out with the rep and just poke his brain, smoke cool. some Aladinos, and, and try something. Because re- I've learned more now that I have the shop that it's such a unique flavor profile. Oh, yeah. There's so many cool things about Aladino's tobacco that's just awesome. So uh, we'll be doing that on the 29th. Uh, Look, I'm still not a fan of the flavor, <laughs> but I appreciate what I, was I don't like, have what? to. I don't have to like it. Like, like it, it is unique. Can, can yeah. I? I just want to bird walk here for a second Dude, and point out awesome. how cool Ellen looks over there. Oh. <laughs> she's got the. It's, it's like if Cruella Deville had a tactical <laughs> stock instead of the long cigarette. She's, yeah, you know what I mean. Such a diva. It, it's, it's, it's tactical. Well, I said to Sam, the worst part of a the worst part of a cigar is the very last like half inch. I don't want to. Usually, you're smoking with friends, and the moment is so magical, and you realize that there's no cigar left, and they're like, "You gotta have a stabber." So I have a stabber now. Why are you such a good speaker? Like you like cigars and you you have blown me away <laughs> during this entire podcast. Like you are so eloquently spoken. Oh. It it please say more in front of my son. Why don't you come <laughs> hang out with us for a day? Just <laughs> you'll, you'll you'll ask him to leave it's, real fast. It's, <laughs> it's just it's it's been it's been this has been an absolute pleasure listening to you and Jim talk about. You know, what about you Kevin? Suck it, Kevin. Kevin. Yeah, I'm, I'm used to it. I'm used to it. I'm used to it. Mom is the key to our success, and I'm okay with that. Did you ever go on vacation <laughs> and forget him at home? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> as an employee, Kevin. Say, if you want to feel good about yourself, ask Ellen how you're doing. <laughs> she is the best. <laughs> and if you want to really know how you're doing, ask Rob. <laughs> well Look, said. I haven't, met him, I haven't met him yet, but I'm pretty sure that Y'all <laughs> wanted him to not be here today. Yeah. <laughs> no. well, it's the perfect well, balance. That's what. Perfect balance. That's right. They've Imagine. only got like 15 listeners. You don't want to come. Uh, so I heard the producer Kevin, Jim, you guys are in the middle bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm. 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 So I'm I do on have one way, more buddy. question for the group. Um, so, because it is, you know, kind of a cigar thing for us. Um, what What is your go to cigar, Jim? 
Because I know you're not big yeah. about cigars. So um, like I, I'm I'm a Rocky Patel Connecticut guy. Okay, um, nice yeah, white label, nice, chilled. Yeah, absolutely. Nice. So you enjoy, like, based on that, I'm gonna guess you enjoy the social aspect way more than you enjoy the cigar. Totally. Okay. Yep. Cool. Yep. Alan. Candela wrappers, and you're the guy who makes them for me. Gets Hello. them for me. I love that. I love that grassy note. Awesome. I'll go. I'll go something maybe. Just a little bit above Connecticut, it may be like a Habano wrapper style. Yeah, so and I don't think I have a go-to brand, but I trust, no after monotony. today, I trust Sam. And <laughs> how, do you, how do you feel about that Neanderthal? Because that is, I mean, you so see what I mean about being I do full. like this. It's, it's I nutty. Told you. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's really so good. So I think awesome. I may be converted, or at least I'm Ooh. swaying more towards. Yeah, well, we got you. Now, yeah. now, you went from here yeah. to Broadleaf, bro. Yeah. <laughs> but, you, but you're pulling the sweet notes out of it, where most people, they're going to focus too much on the pepper. So yeah. that, that's really cool to me to get to see that that's the case. Yeah. Okay, Good. so she likes to say grassy. If just the tip ever does a Candela cigar for the house blend, All right. can <gasps> we call it Ellen on the grassy knolls? Oh, what if, what if we just did a house? Uh, what if, what if I blended a house seven. blend for Liberty Pool instead and just let them name it whatever they wanted? It'd have to be a barber. <laughs> a cigar oh, named Daryl. <laughs> no, because it wasn't for me. Yeah, it, well, you're next, so they, uh, they we, know yeah, my well, answer. They do, but they don't. Come on, come on, we so want to. So it, it 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 varies time to time, but the one I, the cigar I smoke the most of is definitely the uh, Aladino Vintage Selection Rothschild, and it has to be that size. It is like a, a four and a half by fifty-two. Um, that size is right up my alley. The flavor profile is great. It's got a Habano and Corojo wrapper. There's two wrappers on it, which makes it like this special kind of dirty. Oh, you're getting mm. all kinds yeah. of flavors. It's really good. You're Although my new best friend. I, I will take that friend request every day of the week. Um, we must smoke together. Yes, we must. <laughs> yeah, some, write that down. Yep. Uh, Write that down. <laughs> Corey's like, yeah, the day somebody actually wanted I tell you me what, there. <laughs> so, so Sam does not love, um, so we, we talk about ingredients. Like, my wife loves mushrooms. I hate them. Right? <sighs> like, that's that's just one of those things. It's, it's divisive. I love um, the Aladino. Uh, oh, Jesus, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shit the bed here on, on uh, brain farts. Corojo? The Corojo uh, Aladino, which is like the legitimate original Corojo. It's very yeah. unique and in your face and super good. I and I don't like an it. Elegante the other day. Yeah, no, he doesn't. It's an <laughs> ingredient that he doesn't care for. But dude, I smoked the Elegante the other day and just it's been a long time since I've had that. It was a Maduro, right? No, I've got one oh, of the each. vintage. Okay. This was the original Aladino Corojo in the Lancero. That cigar was absurdly good. Um, there's something about that ingredient that sticks out when you have a lot of things that use similar uh, ingredients. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and it's just something that's like, oh, this is different. It's unique. It's incredible. Um, this thing's starting to look like an Oreo. That that looks gross. <laughs> so uh, I'll continue on with myself. Uh, cigars. Uh, my favorite for a long time was the Camacho Triple Maduro. Now. Now, <laughs> I really am enjoying the Romacraft Cro-Magnon. Really great cigar. Like, super strong. It's because his brain you know is underdeveloped. Sucks? What? The, the boxes of the Cro-Magnon I have are the last ones. 
that oh, they no. sent out. I bought all of the, the remaining inventory of the current Connecticut Broadleaf. They're switching to a PDA Broadleaf wrapper because you can't get the quality anymore, and they're going to change. Push the button. How many wow. do you so, have left? Wow. So, so whatever you have left, uh, my wife will kill me, but I'll buy them. <laughs> no, no, we might want to try them oh. here. Oh. No, no. You, we have a new. I'll bitter sell you off. one. I'll trade you a couple cigars or a couple bottles of whiskey. You're about to feel uh, feel like Jeff Scales uh, paying fifty dollars for a cigar junkies T-shirt. I think is what's going to happen. I will tell you guys this: it's Skip Martin. I guarantee you, I haven't had it's it. Gonna be I good. guarantee you, his new it's blend gonna is going to be just as good. It, the quality is going to be all there. So, like, the guy is. He, <laughs> look, he's so good. Blend, he's so good, good. He could work at Liberty Pool. Like, he's he's oh, he's wow. that level. All right. <laughs> all right. Uh, you see what I did there? Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. We're gonna wrap it up. I'm gonna say welcome to the new the uh, new members to the group. Uh, is that Devin? Devin Ensign, Lauren, Bob Askin. What the hell is going on with your names, people? Uh, Clifford Ruth and Xavier Pops. That's a cool name. That name definitely pops out. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us. I want to s- extend a special thank you, of course, to Jim, Ellen, and Kevin for joining us on the show. Even if they don't take you on family right. vacations, they invited <laughs> you on the podcast, and that's all that matters. I appreciate that. Um, this has been an incredible experience, probably one of the top five best episodes that we've ever recorded. Um, this is a really good one to share out there to your friends, I think. This has been a great experience, even though the, the uh, intern's still slipping. Uh, <laughs> join us every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. is our typical time where we will broadcast to the, the Facebook group live. Sam, yeah. say your thing. Salud. Salud. Cheers, guys. This Thank you, guys. Sincere Thank thanks you. from awesome. our end. Thank you. Cheers. 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 Thank you. Hell yeah. This was a lot of fun. <laughs>